0: Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get comics and you get sports. And we haven't been doing any sports recently, and we're not going to be doing any sports now. We're going to be doing more comic (laughs) book stuff. Uh, Got three buddies with me here. Uh, Mike Leapock, say hello to everybody.
1: Uh, Hello, everybody.
0: All right, welcome back. When was the last time you were on, Mike?
1: Uh, I think it was for the Batman Forever commentary. Nice, that one was a lot of fun. Uh, Also with us today, uh, first guest
0: and probably or the first guest we ever had, Kevin Miller. How's it going?
2: Yep. <laughs> i not right. bad. How are you?
0: Yeah. Welcome back. Uh, you were here last week, so...
2: I'm here every week. Yeah, here <laughs> every
0: week, pretty much. Familiar voice. <laughs> and last, but certainly not least, Rob Callflesh. How's it going? It's going good. I made it back from last week as well, too. Nice, yep, from the old Fantastic Four commentary.
2: Right, right. In-studio. Yeah, the in-studio.
0: Yeah. We're going to be sounding a little different today, because we're... Nothing's, not even close to not even close to being in studio for this one sure. um so unfortunately i wasn't able to get out to see the fantastic four movie because i know a lot of people are going to be expecting our fantastic four review which unfortunately
2: is unfortunately
0: or fortunately well i guess fortunately <laughs> for me based on the horrible reviews that are coming out um a couple of you guys i know mike and rob went to, or not mike uh Kevin and Rob went to go see it and uh, we got some opinions. Yeah, <laughs> and some opinions have been formed. I got a long list. And I haven't been out to see it yet. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get out soon. I'm not happy about having to spend 12 bucks or whatever to go, eight bucks to go see this one. Probably Five, actually, come, if on. if yeah. you can do it for eight, take it because you I got did it, it for 11. Yeah. You did a Madden or something. If you yeah, could. I got try to try to see if I can get an afternoon showing on, on next Monday or something. So, like, hopefully, I'm, I'm hoping I could see the movie and then come straight home and record a podcast
2: on it. Yeah, I mean, just as a bit of a teaser, um, I don't know what your situation was, Rob. I went to go see it the second day. it was out on Saturday, and the theater was about a third full. I saw it
0: on Friday night, and there might have been 30 people in the theater. Oh, wow, was- so we even had more than that. Wow. Jesus. It did terrible. Like, it debuted, I think, th- third this weekend, and it only made... I think like 22 million across some 40,000 40, screens in North America Yikes. that they had, which is not great for a movie that had a budget of like 120 million or something like that. I,
1: I was curious, so I looked it up. It currently has a 4.0 rating on IMDb. Uh, yeah, that is
0: terrible. And like it's an eight, <laughs> like yeah, like it's in. There's no way it was like here, like. Because it's got an 8 right now on Rotten Tomatoes. There is no way. And, like, I know Kevin and Bob have seen this. Wait, is that 8? Where did, where was uh, Last Airbender? That's, That's what I was going to say. There is no way it is Last Airbender bad, right?
2: Uh, well, here's the thing. If I were as close to Fantastic Four as I was to, Avid, like, the Last Airbender, yeah. I would be very disappointed by it as well. So it, it's, it's a lot easier for me to laugh this one off because I don't give a shit about Fantastic Four. Yeah. But if I were deeply into Fantastic Four and wanted to see this movie, I'd be heartbroken right now. All right, and that's
1: you know. Up- in, in its defense, apparently, The Last Airbender on uh, Rotten Tomatoes right now is at six, <laughs> so it is two better. Yeah,
2: oh. 150% is good. Yeah,
0: because <laughs> like that's bad. Because the the Last Airbender is the only movie that I'm ever going. To, if I run to anybody who has had anything to do with that movie, like I'm gonna demand my. I want my $32 back for for that because they got me for the extra 4 bucks for the flippin' 3D on that one. Oh, sure. So I'm going to get my $32 back for Last Airbender before I die, I swear to God. Um, But anyway, we're not talking Fantastic Four today. Uh, Kevin and I, for a long time, have talked about um, rating all of the different crime alley scenes in the history of Batman. And today we're actually going to do that. I have compiled a list of what I think is the twelve. Now, if I've missed anyone, I'm sure I'll hear about it on Twitter.
2: And and these These are the ones like actually in comics. These are the ones that have some video capture of them. Yes,
0: I will say not not in comic books. The ones that are either in video games, anime, or like uh, animated series, cartoons, or the live action movies that they've done. Um, and we are going to play a game. It's actually going to be the second time we've played the good, the bad, and the meh, which is the game that I invented. It's my and, debut episode. Yeah, then it was the first episode of this podcast, actually. Hmm.
1: Um, hey, it's one of the ones that I actually listened to. Yeah, <laughs> <Dang. laughs> I appreciate that. Sorry, sorry, I I have to I have to um, be a little bit more specific there. One of the ones I didn't listen to that I wasn't in. Yeah, there you go, there you go.
0: You're a bit of a press whore there, aren't you? Love the sound of your own voice. Because <laughs> I will do anything to hear my voice recorded. Uh, uh, so yeah, I, I've compiled a list of what I believe are currently the twelve times that they've done the crime alley scene when Batman's parents get shot in the history of movie TVs and video games. So again, we are excluding the comics because we don't got that kind of time. And uh, it's easier for the people listening to track along because we'll give you a cue for each one and let you see if you can find it on the internet or on your iPhone or your Android or wherever you happen to be listening to. And you can watch it and then form your own opinions and then see if you agree or disagree with any of us. And this will be a little bit different than when uh, Miller and I just kind of said, this is good. And then this is bad. Um, if we get into any kind of disagreements, we can debate about it maybe. And uh, talk, you know, talk, uh, maybe if one person had like, if we disagree we can state our cases and uh, come up with an overall opinion. We'll, we'll come to an overall consensus on each one is, You guys okay with that?
2: Oh, absolutely, yeah. Last time we did Good, Bad, and Man, we were going through every comic movie ever. That was a three-hour podcast without debate.
0: This one might take a while, too, so we we may have to settle in. I might have to split this one into two. I'm not sure how long.
2: Um, Are you going to have to set up camp for the night? You might have to.
0: We all got beer, right?
2: Yeah, beer and (laughs) bedpans.
0: All right, so let's get started. very first time they ever did the crime alley scene in the history of animation was outside or so this was the first time they did it outside of the comics i guess 1985 uh there was an episode of the super friends and at the time i think the super friends actually called itself like the the galaxy defenders or some galactic kind of heroes or yeah something. galactic yeah. heroes or something like that. but essentially it was season nine of the super friends uh, season nine. It's pretty
2: deep to throw in a Batman Origins story.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, well, considering they were doing everybody in the DC universe in those, oh, super sure. films, it was like the first two seasons were about the original, like five or six, and then eventually it was like, hey, everybody's here because they had you know cyborg, firestorm, flipping everybody for for that one. So yeah, season nine, they decide, well, we might as well do the Batman origin story. Uh, so, season nine, episode four of the Super Friends. Uh, you can find the entire episode on DailyMotion.com. If you just go to DailyMotion.com and type in uh, "Super Friends: The Fear," uh, it will come up, and it will be the first link. So, if you wish to find that, go and check it out now, and come back or, or pause or pause it as soon as I say so, and then come back as soon as you've watched it
2: it is worth watching the whole episode
0: it really really is you should watch the whole episode so go ahead and check that out now okay so first off did you guys watch this whole episode
2: absolutely I started
0: watching it last night at about 11.30, so <laughs> I got about four minutes in. I'm like, you know what? Screw this. I just skipped ahead to where it was, because <laughs> I, I had 12 things to watch, and I have to work.
2: <laughs> I, 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 yeah, got I I let that one load up while I watched the other ones. I came back to this one. <laughs> I, I got further than
1: Rob. I made it like two-thirds of the way through, and then okay. I was like, oh, God. I can't take it. I watched
2: all of it, and then just because I'm a sucker for anything, Scarecrow.
1: Yeah. Okay, so that-, that But he that's is a... the worst undercover villain ever. <laughs> oh, no, that's like,
2: absolutely true. The all first you do time he
1: meets Bruce Wayne, yeah. he talks about how the Batman is going to, like, finally get his comeuppance and laughs at him. Yeah. That down, was,
2: Batman.
1: That was the best
0: part of that episode, because, like, if you watch it, every scene he has as Dr. Crane is essentially, a like, him- being, like, an exposition device oh, yeah. while at the same time giving himself away as the scarecrow. <laughs>
1: well, he has about like, as much sly as a little kid that says, hey, mommy, turn, turn over there. Like, turn around. I want to do something. Like, he's just, he doesn't try to hide himself at all. Nope, yeah, like, Might as well be
2: twisting a mustache. Yeah, like, he's so <laughs> bad, because I remember he
0: shows up to the party, and he has no idea, and it was, you're wondering why Dr. Crane is at Bruce Wayne's, like, fundraiser party or whatever in the first place, because he's like, He's just a like psychological doc. Like he's a doctor. I don't of psychology. want to
2: talk an episode of the Super Friends here. <laughs> yeah, I know.
0: That's what we're going to because it was hilarious. Because I'm definitely gonna have a, a something to say about that whole Wonder Woman's fused bracelet nonsense. Oh, no, sure. Um, <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: He gets there, and <laughs> like, Doctor Crane comes, correct, walks up to Bruce Wayne, and is like. I know the Batman can't stop the Scarecrow. He's too smart. <laughs> and
2: <stuff like> <laughs> yeah. I guarantee you the Batman's afraid of something. And when the Scarecrow figures out what that is, we'll see the end of the Cape Crusader. Yeah, like, like, All right, Bat- settle down there. Yeah, Bruce, <laughs> Bruce, Wayne's
1: you. Like, yeah. Bruce Wayne's just like, okay.
0: Yeah, Bruce Wayne. Like, why is this guy saying this to me? I mean, it's a good thing I'm Batman, because I'm going to put a pin in this later. But if Bruce Wayne wasn't Batman, you'd be like, who the fuck is this guy, and why is he at my party right now? Yeah, like crazy like crazy. Alfred,
1: I'm this surprised. guy escorted from my property. <laughs> yeah. Security. It's like, did you do a bunch of meth become, before coming to my party?
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So before we get into the crime alley scene, I do want to take a moment to acknowledge the fact that so you guys didn't get to the, like you didn't get to the end of the episode where they fought, and it was like the children of the corn basically at the end. No. Oh, you um, watch it, okay? So basically, what happens at the end is the scarecrow kind of captures Robin and uh, and Wonder Woman, which, which was fucking hilarious. Robin's just like, "Oh, Batman!" and the guy just walks, <laughs> like calmly walks up,
1: and and puts like, a net, places the net over, him and was like, "Yeah." Now. This Basically, is, he just this puts der- a bag
2: <laughs> over his head and he's like, well, Batman's well, Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, the only way they could have made it more comical is with a burlap sack Yeah. Was...
0: <laughs> and if if the Scarecrow did like the Fat Tony thing where he was like, guys, advance on him
2: <laughs> right? Like, yeah. oh, I so mean, they nice. may as well
1: have just winged him over the back of the head with a frying pan I do <laughs> that like, been, I do like how bucks. he
2: calls his henchmen the straw man <laughs> Yeah, that was actually pretty 20 bucks says he wakes up with amnesia <laughs> uh, it's about to head with a bowling ball like, basically
0: Wonder Woman who earlier in this episode we saw like pick up a Volkswagen and throw it at Scarecrow's henchmen who narrowly avoided their deaths by getting out of the way of a car like <laughs> Scarecrow has Wonder Woman like basically all he has is this wooden post and he like has her arms like <laughs> handcuffed around a wooden post and she says something like Batman he fused my bracelets together to take away my strength <laughs> <It> was- <laughs> <laughs> so, so essentially, in 1985, or probably even like way back, some pervert wrote that Wonder Woman's <laughs> like kryptonite is bondage.
2: Wow, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, right. that's constantly been a Wonder Woman thing. But like,
0: which is just to, like one pervert wrote that, where it's like, I know how to stop Wonder Woman. You just stick a ball gag in her mouth and slap <laughs> her ass, you know? <laughs> like, oh, oh,
3: just... God. So. It-
0: Wait, oh, so yeah, is, that, is that what I should be expecting when Wonder Woman appears in the movies come uh, out? Yeah, let's hope not. Well, Zack Snyder, so you never know. Although if Michael Bay was directing, we'd definitely get that. Oh sure. Yeah. Um but if Michael Bay was directing a DC movie, then I would <laughs>
2: <laughs> the, universe,
0: the universe would collapse. I, I, I would, would go jihad.
2: <laughs> Michael Bay likes bright colors at least. <laughs> That's true, bright colors and explosions. Anyway, we're um, off topic. Yeah, we're way <laughs>
0: off topic. I did appreciate that Adam West was was still doing the voice of Batman. Yeah, I enjoyed Adam West's voice. Uh, that was yeah. a nice touch to it. And he's going to make more than one appearance on this list, actually. Uh,
2: yeah, actually, boy, I actually nice. didn't recognize Adam West's voice right away because I'm so used to, like, old Adam West voice.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. He's, he's, he talks a little slower these days, but he is, like, freaking 85 or something now. Oh, he? sure, sure. Casey Kasem was doing the voice of Robin. I did not know that that was the case back
2: then. I I got that. I knew that one. (laughs)
0: Um, So without further ado, um, let's get into it. They actually did the Crime Alley scene for the first time outside of the comics in this episode of the Super Friends. Um, I'm going to go ahead and let you give your rating. We'll go one at a time. We'll start with Rob. (laughs) You went with bad? What was your well reasons for bad on this one no it was before well i was born but i mean it was before my time of actually watching any of this stuff so to what i'd seen and would like it was bad there's no way around that like with batman cowering and robin looking and the guy just walks up to place a net over him like it's just ridiculous
2: (laughs) yeah Batman just
0: Um, was pretty pretty but as far as as the uh the crime alley itself goes um they went down the alley because it was raining yeah that was it's like oh it's raining we should take a shortcut aren't you waiting for alfred or something yeah it was very <laughs> very tough to justify them being in crime alley in this one because he even goes like like thomas wayne's like let's take a shortcut through that alley and his wife's like wouldn't that be like Super dangerous, and he just goes like, yeah. Nah, come on, you stupid fraud.
2: The one where she's yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. And Bruce is like, What? No, and she's like, Ah, oh, it's just afraid of the dark. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were, like, <laughs> they were both like the most naive one percenters you've ever seen. And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like he basically then like, Look at this dark, and like you get the one shot right before he's like, We'll cut through this alley. And you get the one shot, it's all like dark and ominous, and the only thing it was missing was like. You, yeah. You know, a guy, cat eyes. yeah or yeah or a guy holding like a bloody knife or something like that but on, on top of that then the other thing is um and yes this is the first time it was ever shown and all that so there's credit there however they didn't say or show anything of what actually happened oh, shit. like there was you didn't hear a gunshot or maybe you hurt i can't remember now um but like you don't maybe, see maybe, anybody maybe actually get shot they didn't even say the word gun. He's got it, yeah, and then he's st- got, it uh, just flashed it away.
2: Just, like, cut it's the 80s, man. Well, exactly. <laughs> it's so not much you can show it, in a children's cartoon.
0: No, exactly, and it shows for the time. But based on what I expect, it's bad. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Mike Leapock, go ahead yeah. and give your rating for the Super
1: Friends. Yeah, take. I think if, if you're going to rate any of these bad, it's, it's going to be this one. I mean, it's just, you know, it, they just don't really do it at all i think uh like the the entire scene is just you know hey look there's an alleyway let's go in there for no good reason oh no now they're dead <laughs> yeah <laughs> <Ta-da! Oops. laughs> and, and then it cuts to that awful rocky montage of childhood bruce wayne like Deadlifting a bunch of yeah. <laughs> it's, And good. it's like from that moment on, I decided Maybe to he finish these. my parents. And it's. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I just imagine. I just kind <laughs> of enjoyed
0: that montage. I thought that was sweet.
1: Because you saw him like. But he's like eight years old. Yeah. He was like deadlifting. <laughs> and, like, and he's ripped yeah. like, immediately like a week later.
0: And then it cuts to like him <laughs> fighting a couple of ninjas and stuff too. <laughs>
1: yeah it was just so weird but it was you know it was just funny how they're just like why are you so afraid of crime alley well i'll tell you my whole story like no one like he's never actually told anyone that before and it's just like go through the whole thing that's where i started lifting
2: (laughs) Yeah, i lift
0: uh kevin miller go ahead and give your rating
2: on this one uh i gave it a math leaning towards good I like this one. It, it, it's understated because it kind of has to be, which I enjoy, so it's not hammy. I mean, it's got the bullshit reason for them being in crime Alley in the first place, but that's so commonplace in these scenes that I don't mark it against them. I only give credit to the ones where they do it better. Um, plus, I just have a soft spot for any time the Joker force, or um, not the Joker, the Scarecrow forces Batman to relive that scene, and that's how we get it. It's not just like a... You know, I'm being a hero and now we have to show why I am the hero and so we'll do a flashback for no good reason. Like this is a this is something that comes up and is relevant to the plot of the episode. So I, I like it a lot. I don't like it a lot. I think it's it's corny, it's dated, but you know, it has the things that I like in a crime alley scene.
0: Yeah, I gave it a math as well. And I think I, I think I I had you had meh leading to good. I had meh leading towards bad i just didn't think it was bad bad because it felt like there was effort and they were kind of handicapped by the fact that it was 1985 Uh and the fact it was 1985 also means that we are yet to the world is yet to be introduced to the goddamn batman which is the toughest name because the goddamn batman doesn't come till frank miller writes dark knight returns in 1986 Uh so we didn't actually have tough ass batman that we know and love these days just oh, yeah. yet, which is why I was kind of okay with the scenes where he was, like, you know, like, breaking down like a little bitch and was nearly crying <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Fair enough. Well,
2: so it's so, it was good. It was the one weakness he yeah. had. That's why I like the bit at the very end of the episode yep. where it's like, yep, that's right, Scarecrow, the one fear I had, the only in that you had, I've overcome it. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually would have given this one a better score if he didn't overcome his fear by the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> everything was wrapped. Be able to do that.
0: Everything was wrapped up in a nice, uh, neat little package. Yeah. Uh, the movie they went to go see in this one was Robin Hood. Which, yeah. Uh, I, I forgot I, to mention that. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate that one. Uh, I like anytime it's either. Uh, Robin Hood or or Zorro and Zorro's going to be mentioned a few times on this one spoiler. Well, this was the only one that had Robin Hood. Yes, this was the only one that they had Robin Hood, which makes sense cuz like he's watching a movie and it works the same for Zorro cuz he's, wa- you know, watching a movie of about a masked vigilante, right? And then eventually yeah. becomes one of those himself, so it's always you know really really you know poignant to do that. Um fear of the downtrodden. But yeah, it, like the, the whole the whole reason they're in Crime Alley in this, even in 1985, is really tough to swallow for a guy like a one percenter to just go. Although I guess in 1985 they wouldn't really have had the like accoutrements that uh, rich people would have these days that would completely keep them out of having to walk down a dark alley. I guess. I mean, maybe that's a bit more believable in 1985, but I still can't believe that. Uh, you know the richest guy in gotham is like hey wife and son let's go through this dank alley that's how that like,
2: cool he, would it have been if you like pulled out like a giant cordless phone and called up alfred
0: yeah just <laughs> yeah like, like yeah he
2: could have pulled Put out the his, car it, around yeah he
0: could have pulled out the big like uh the zach morris phone yeah the zach morris phone <laughs> <One> <laughs> the, the the phone from wall street right that michael douglas had
3: yeah
0: um, uh, yeah i mean it's conceivable he would have had one of those right so I'm comfortable giving this one a final rating of meh, unless uh, either you guys who said bad want to talk me down. To no, uh, I, I can buy into the bad
2: slash meh
0: because because of the time. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, and that was my point too. I, I bring it down to a meh because it's so dated and corny.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what about you?
2: Yeah, I know I'm am fi- I'm fine with a meh
1: for All this. Right. Like right. an overall meh just because, you know, the time, but it's just, you know, oh, but yeah, it's still <laughs> yeah. pretty meh.
0: You know, the animation didn't look that bad in Super Friends. I'm gonna say that. It, for-
1: it actually didn't. <laughs> for
0: 1985? Not I honestly thought it was something in the 90s. Ni- I knew it wasn't okay. like the Batman animated series, but I thought it was something that was in like the early 90s. It wasn't until after I looked I'm like, "What the hell is this from?" Oh, Super Friends. Oh, it's from 85. Yeah. Okay. And this was like the last season of Super Friends too, I think. So I, I, I'm willing to bet if we popped in like season one, which had been eight years earlier, that there was probably a drastic uptick. Yeah, like the quality. Yeah, like the 60 Spider-Man <laughs> where they reused the same three shots over and over <laughs> again.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh god. So that is a final rating of math for. The Hanna-Barbera 1985 Super Friends take on Crime Alley. Next up, the 1989 Tim Burton Batman version. If you want to go find this on, uh, if you want to find, you can find just this Crime Alley scene that we're talking about on YouTube. All you have to do is go to YouTube and uh, Google Batman's parents' death. And I think it'll come up with the 1989 tag. So if you want to do that, go ahead and go right now. All right, so what are your guys' take on the 1989 Tim Burton Crime Alley scene? Let's start with Mike Leapock this time.
1: Uh, you know what? I really, really liked this scene when I... Or at least I remember really, really liking this scene. And then re-watching it, it didn't seem to have... Hold quite the gravitas that I remember, especially the "Ever Dance with the Devil of the Pale Moonlight" yeah. part. Like that- I, I remember that being really good, and then I rewatched it, and it was just like the Devil of Pale Moon." I was like, what, "Wait, what?" Like, yeah, they did right. some weird ADR with that one. Yeah, I I wasn't.
0: Not only that, but what as was big that a movie? fan.
1: I, that was just his line. Yeah, like yeah. I
0: remember thinking when I was when I was like eight, nine when I saw that movie. I remember thinking that was the coolest shit ever. But every time I rewatch that eighty nine Batman, I, I go, "What does that
1: even mean?" Like this from a seem- song
2: or a poem or something. Like I've heard yeah, reference it in other places. Like yeah, was it in death proof? <laughs> it's got Maybe.
1: some sort of thing, but it's basically just like if you ever dance with the devil thing. Like that's that's yeah. definitely a yeah. A like it,
2: that line specifically is from something though, and I've never bothered to look it up, and now yeah. I'm kind of curious. <laughs> and
1: I, I've always liked that line, but. It, the delivery is not nearly as good as I thought it was. Um, not I, as good as, although it's in the worst
0: scene, one of the worst scenes in Batman. When the Joker first says it, when, uh, during the let's get nuts scene, which is one of the worst scenes in the history of Batman anything, <laughs> that line that when he delivers it is fantastic. That's like the one good part of that scene, but the, the rest of that scene is awful. <laughs> like, yeah.
1: Like I, I really like the lead up to that part um like the the direction that tim burton does with like just the walking and like the the making it seem like a dream and a memory like i can't remember what the lead up into the actual scene is because i just watched the the video itself Mm -hmm. but it's it's leading lead up to the actual killing is pretty cool because it's it's so messed up it seems really like someone's not remembering it right yeah uh which is which is pretty cool um like, I'd say this is maybe a meh leading to good just because I, like, they don't use um, Jack Nicholson for the actual.
0: No, but they found a guy who looked a
1: lot like Nicholson
0: for that scene, though, which, I, yeah. Looking back on that, I was like, it was like, when I rewatched that scene on YouTube for this, I was like, man, that guy actually does. Look like a young Nicholson. That's so creepy. I remember
2: that. Yeah, like, so I, I, I guess, like I, really easy if they just used like the Joker stunt double from the same movie.
1: Possibly. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe they even did do that. I don't know. But it was uh, overall it was pretty good. Um I, I did enjoy it still, just not nearly as much as I used to. So I couldn't in good conscience give it a good.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh Kevin Miller, what did you think about Tim Burton's take on Crime Alley?
2: Uh, I'm going to give this one a man leading to bad, so apparently we can disagree a whole lot in this podcast. Well, at
1: <laughs> oh, that point, uh, we're only half a grade apart. I said man leading to good, you say man leading to bad. That's fine. Well, sure, but there's only
2: three grades. We're going to be so far apart. And okay, we're let's see how many of...
1: times we can divide these grades. Yeah, and
2: we're at two of 12, so yeah, we could be setting
0: up camp for tonight.
2: Well, and I'll go ahead and point it out right now. like The ones that I tend to like more are the ones where it's not just a flashback, it's that something is happening in the scene that causes it. Him to remember and so it ends up being like influenced in a way or twisted in a way that's that's interesting to the, to well, the keep, movie yeah. or whatever keep in mind
0: um, this is also the first time that someone was doing the really dark version of Batman on sure. So this is kind of the first time they did the dark, like, film noir version of yeah. Grime Alley scene. I
2: feel like and so for those reasons, like, that is why I like this scene. And that's what kind of brought it up to a meh for me from just straight up bad. Because I really, like, the acting in that one was hokey. Like, you were saying that you liked the the walking lead up. And I didn't like that at all because it wasn't slow motion. They were just walking slowly for no good reason. And, like, weirdly pacing themselves. Like, it was clear, like, walk here and it will take you exactly six seconds. And then they're like, uh... Uh, They take it one step at a time, and then the weird confrontation by uh, Jack as the shooter was kind of like, why was that there? I understand why it's there for the course of the movie, but it's just, it just seemed dramatic and like overly dramatic and overly hokey to me, which I guess is kind of a point of this era of Batman, but was not, didn't really resonate with me.
1: Yeah, I ended up kind of liking the awkwardness simply because it seemed like an unclear memory. Where it was just like, like the kid is remembering it, but he doesn't quite know what it actually is supposed to look that like. That
2: may be giving you too much credit, Mike.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, but that's what I thought of it. But yeah, all right, all right. I, as I was watching it, I was like, "Oh, I really like this. This seems like a really bad memory." And then I thought to myself, "You know, maybe it's just bad. Ah, I like it anyway." That's actually that's actually Fair a enough. really
0: interesting take, Lee I actually I never actually thought of that. That's that's, that's good. Well,
2: well, and and like I was saying, I kind of like the ones that are tainted by like misremembering or like uh, an an outside influence as well. So I can get behind that, and you know, certainly I'm gonna show my bias later on in this list. So <laughs> feel free to show yours now. <laughs>
0: What about you, Rob? What did you, what did you grade Tim Burton's take?
2: Uh, I'm
0: very much along the same lines as Mike. Uh, I gave it a meh plus, so a meh to a good. I really wanted to say good, but just like Mike, upon re-watching, it's like, it's not actually as good as I remembered all those years ago. But I did enjoy, like, with the when they left the theater, like, they weren't just going down the alley, and then, oh, they're getting mugged, he's there. He they were stalked. Yes. Yes. Right from when they Absolutely. stepped outside. So it's like I like that. So it leads into like awkwardly paced steps and all that aside. They're they're being stalked. So it. Yeah. This got was. You feel that's like something's gonna happen. Um, I did still enjoy the uh, "Have you ever danced with the devil by the pale moonlight" comment. <laughs> I still enjoyed that one. Um, oh my it's so hard when I remember <laughs> Oh my god. But um, I. I still, I chuckled every time um, Thomas Wayne goes for the uh, the criminal, or, goes for Jack as he's uh, taking the wife's necklace. <laughs> it's like, yeah, oh no!
1: Like, come on! <laughs> it's
0: like, I, I will say this is the only one of the of the scene of the list that I have compiled. This is the only one where they weren't in a literal alleyway the rest they're actually in in alleyway. This way they this place they just happen to be kind of in like a run down kind of part of the city and well they're all kind of in a rundown part of the city. True. Were they not actually in an alleyway? I, no, I don't well I don't think they were. As far as I remember they were just kind of like walking down the street cuz you mentioned that and this I appreciate it. Like the Wayne family gets fault like they leave the movie theater. They leave which was the Monarch movie theater by the way. I wanted to point that out which is actually the the name of the theater in the comic book. So okay. they got that right. They, they walk out of the Monarch theater and they get stalked by Jack <laughs> Napier and his accomplice. And when they get them alone and they're just kind of in like a, a, they're just kind of like in a street somewhere where it's just them. And, and the guy kind of emerges from the, uh, the shadows and they, they steal his, you know, they try to steal up, steal the pearls and stuff and the pearls hitting the ground and the popcorn Yeah, the pearls. This is the first one of the pearls falling. With the pearls (laughs) falling and the popcorn hitting the ground, that's straight out of Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns. He was the first guy to do the pearls and the uh, and the so i really appreciated that okay then i feel a lot better about that because my opinion on every time i saw those pearls fall i was like are you fucking serious why yeah nobody grabbed the fucking necklace in a way that the pearls should be falling yeah that that was <laughs> that was true for that one only one of them only in, in this list of 12 only one did i see where the pearls should have actually fallen because two people were pulling on separate ends and yeah yeah i know. just snapped the screen direction on that one didn't really, it wasn't really good, but it was, but the pearls falling, I appreciate it. Cause that's, you know, what happens in, uh, the dark Knight returns, which I think is the best, uh, okay. In a if it, book. if it did happen there, then I won't harp on it for the rest of yeah. the <laughs> I had, I had this rated as good. I thought, I thought that Tim Burton caught the, the film noir, uh, kind of aspect of Batman that you wanted for this one. And I mean, like we could make fun of the dance with the devil in the pale moonlight uh, all we want. But yeah, I thought he captured the darkness and the helplessness of of Bruce Wayne during the scene. And the reason that they were getting mugged makes sense. It wasn't just them taking a stroll down a dark alley for absolutely no reason. They were actually getting stalked by a couple of uh, criminals. And then the guy who shoots them is insane. So he just, you know, flat out it's like, well, I'm just going to shoot these people because I'm a crazy moron who just is crazy. Uh, they came out of the Monarch Theater, which I mentioned I, I enjoyed. Uh, the movie they went to see. Does it a, actually say it? It's a, I, there's like a poster. When the scene starts, the first thing you see is, a, I had to pause it because it's a poster that you see. And it's for a movie called Footlight Frenzy which I guess was a Warner Brothers movie that was released the year before, so... Synergy!
2: You're getting those VHS sales
0: up. Yeah, exactly. So that was... Um, how
1: to recoup your loss
0: somehow. <laughs> yeah, think, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to blame Tim Burton for that one because I'm sure some Warner Brothers exec told him, you know, hey, fucking throw the poster for Footloose Frenzy or something up there, right? So so I had this rated as a good, so that gives it a good and three mes. so I think... That will put a second meh rating in a row. So we're going to give, unless anybody has any objections, we're going to go ahead and give the Tim Burton 1989.
1: Well, you can officially give it a meh plus. Give period. it a meh? Yeah. yeah. Give it a meh plus. Meh plus. Meh, I actually yeah.
2: come around on a few points, so I'll just give it a straight up meh rather than meh bad. Yeah. Right. So we, right. so so we, we got, got a meh. A, we got two meh pluses and a And a good. good. And a good. So that, so that sounds like
1: a meh plus to me. Yeah. <laughs> right. So. We're going to give it
0: like a, a tentative math plus. Yeah. Um, look, at, look at that. We just changed our scale from 3 to 9. Yeah, I guess.
1: Right? <laughs> oh, I don't know if like, bad minuses changes everything. Actually. Oh, yeah. No, there's some bad minuses in here. <laughs> that's, that's double bad. Double plus good.
0: Alright, so the next one, we take a trip into one of the greatest iterations of Batman that has ever existed. The 90s Bruce Timm, Paul Dini animated series. Season 1, episode 28 from 1992, titled Dreams in Darkness. Uh, Full episodes are available all over the internet if you want to just search Batman Dreams in Darkness. But if you want to see just this scene, you can go to YouTube and Google Batman Dreams of his parents' death. So you can go ahead and do that right now. All right, so let's start with Kevin this time. What are you grading... The 1992 Bruce, Tim, Paul Dini take on the Crime Alley scene. I'm
2: giving it a good... It's animated series, so I'm immediately biased. <laughs> but I do like that this one is basically, like it, I mentioned before, I like the ones that are skewed or changed in certain, certain ways because the person is misremembering it or is being influenced in some way. And this one definitely shows like a fever dream. Um, and it has a lot more about... Uh, Batman's fear in it, and his regret, and his helplessness. Uh, then was actually probably in the scene if they would have done just a straight up flashback during the animated series. Uh, so I really like that. You know, he's trying to chase after them, he can't catch up to them, and they don't hear him when he shouts out, and then they walk into what is essentially a giant gun barrel that blows Batman away. Like it's, it's just a lot of it, It's exactly what I like about the animated series. I'm giving it a good.
0: Mike Leapock, your take on the Batman animated series.
1: Well, as it turns out, Miller and I are actually going to agree on something. I was going to um, say, no one
2: better disagree with me on this. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, you know, I, I, I have to say that it's a good too. Like, my note was, like, at first when I was watching it, I was like, oh, it doesn't really count because it's not the actual scene. But then I was like, man, but that's cool. Like, yeah. it's... it's they really lean into the dream thing, so it's not just having the scene all messed up like with Batman. And this is one reason why I could not give the 1989 Batman a good, because mm-hmm. the Batman the animated series is definitely also a dream sequence, but it's actually done like a proper dream where everything's like surreal. Yeah, and weird. walking, you know, they're, they're at first they're walking to the tunnel, and I'm like, oh, they're walking into a sewer. Great, that's gross. Yeah, like, and then it's like, dream. oh, look at that, it's a gun barrel. Oh, all right, yeah, Covered. that's that's pretty cool. <laughs> oh, no, I see it now. <laughs> it's it's a no it, it, it's a good scene it's yeah. it's just well done
0: yeah the scarecrow is back like the reason he was having the fe- the fever dream is the scarecrow was back and gassed batman again in this episode which you'll notice is probably a recurring theme throughout this particular uh list oh definitely um rob call what do you got on the batman animated series We've got three goods, and Matt, if you don't say good, I'm going to disconnect from this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so you won't have to worry about that. Based, <laughs> based on everything that's already been said, the only other thing that I can add to it, like, yeah, like it was fear-induced, uh, recalling it, um, the walking inside the, the tunnel ends up being uh, the barrel of a gun, but then when the barrel of the gun raises up, blood pours out. Which yeah, I thought was incredibly effective and amazing. And yep. insane that they got away with it with yeah. this, this and, is ninety two, right? This was ninety two. So it's like, okay, yeah, it's, it's like oh It could have it, it been it's like, oh it's only red water,
2: but it's like no, that's straight up <laughs> no. Um, this was <laughs> yeah. still the era of Jews they where they, they couldn't
1: say the word kill, they had to have to say destroy. Like yeah.
2: yeah. Yep, Send to another dimension. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I have this as good. I don't think you can give it any other type of rating. It's so short, but it gets to the, the like, it gets its point across. It gets to the whole, like, Batman's helplessness about the th- uh, situation, how it haunts him to this day. You mentioned, like, like, like to me, the, the, the best thing is, like, you guys mentioned how they walked into it and it seemed like a sewer grate, and then it turned in the barrel of the gun. To me, the visually, the best part is, like, the slow cocking of the hammer. oh yeah right before it fires that was
1: he's still trying to prevent it he's still
0: like yeah that was so flawlessly executed by the animation crew from 92 and and bruce tim and those guys it was just it was such a brilliant well that's because that whole animated series was fucking amazing well to me that outside of the comics that remains the best um, version there's, of batman that has ever my existed batman. yeah that like yeah exactly that is what i refer to as my batman yeah. um between like, the animation and all the voices the voice I, mean, I mean outside of having an actor playing whatever part when yeah. you're reading it tell me you don't hear the voices of the actors from the anime oh slides. yeah when i when i read when i read batman but, I particularly particularly yeah. batman and the joker yeah when i hear when i read comic books I hear a lot of the voices from the Superman and Batman animated series. Like anytime I, I Batman's talking I hear Kevin Conroy's voice in my head. Anytime the Joker's talking I hear Mark Hamill's voice in my head. Clancy Brown for Lex Luthor, and Tim Daly, Daly for yeah. Superman. You know, I just um, Arlene Sorkin for Harley Quinn, I hear her voice in my head. Yeah. And just uh, like everything about this scene was so harrowing, like the blood dripping from the gun we mentioned, the slow firing just oh my god everything about this did you guys watch the whole episode or did you just watch the short one
2: i just watched that clip but i have seen that episode fairly recently yeah that ep- just, like with the last couple of years yeah. i
0: just watched the clip but it made me want to watch the whole series, series. again <laughs> much like last week when after we did the commentary we watched um harlequinade yeah oh god what a good episode um they name-checked uh, Joker as Jack Napier in this episode. Because I watched the full episode because I just couldn't help myself when I was putting yeah. this list together. They name-checked Jack Napier as the Joker in that episode, which, you know, really mind blasting. Yeah, is that
2: the one where, like, someone's going through, like, the files and it just has, like, a photo of the Joker next to the name and the guy just flips through it like he doesn't care? I th- Well, I
0: think he says, it, or and then one of the... Uh, because like the, the way the episode starts is it's actually like i can't believe this didn't frighten me as a child actually when i went through <laughs> the uh, when i was re it because like it opens with kevin conroy's voiceover and then there's this creepy uh imagery of three doctors walking through arkham and then they open the cell and you're expecting to see like the joker or somebody in the cell but they open it and batman's there in a straitjacket and first oh, off yeah. word, and it was just like so like oh my god what's batman doing there <laughs> And then, you know, Batman then explains, spends, you know, the rest of it explaining the story and stuff like that. It was just so f- perfectly film noir the entire episode where something happens. And then you explain how we got to that scenario with Batman. Although at the same time, I was like, Batman could escape from a straitjacket. No problem. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. And he's Scarecrow, also, like, drunk to hell. <laughs> yeah, Why is he
1: not out of the street jacket already? <laughs>
0: yeah, and Scarecrow in this one was, as much as it, as awesome as the episode was, when you do take a step back and look at it, in this episode, he was poisoning the water supply, which is, like, something Cesar Romero would have done in Batman 66, right? Where he's like, <laughs> here's what we do! We'll poison the water supply! <laughs> which, I don't know, I thought was was pretty damn funny, but... if a few
2: peas in the river.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, Bruce Tim and company are going to be getting the first good rating, as far as the Crime Alley goes. I don't, I don't see any other way. We to have go. no choice. Yeah, we have no choice to go with this one. They, they just, they got everything so, so perfect. Mileage may vary, but it shouldn't. Yeah, perfectly right. Um, next up, Joel Schumacher, back again on the crossover podcast with his version in batman forever 1995 now you can't actually find a clip of this of justice isolated crime alley clip on youtube but you can uh find if you have a copy of it uh dvd a uh blu-ray a story if you want to go for a stream or a download or anything i you can find it it starts around the 45 minute mark of batman forever so if you want to go find that, go ahead. Or if
1: you don't, you know, that's good too. <laughs> yes, you know, <laughs> don't necessarily know what we're talking about. This might be four across the board again.
0: <laughs> and there's a very good chance of that happening. Um, so if you want to go ahead and check out Joel Schumacher's take in Batman Forever, go ahead and start finding it at like the 45-minute mark. Yeah, go ahead and do that right now. All right, uh, Mike Leopold. Go ahead and give your opinion on Joel Schumacher's take on The Crime Alley scene complete with a special guest appearance by Dr. Chase Meridian. <laughs> Just,
1: what? <laughs> Why? No, it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so bad. <laughs> like it's like he decided to reshoot the 1989 one but with he he enlisted the use of the local like community theater department. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, goes go to the high school, hey, you guys got a smoke machine, right? <laughs> like, it was, oh, God. It, uh, uh. Like, it, it's, okay, it, it looks like he he didn't direct that scene, he instead got someone... Like, B-Unit from... B shot this scene? <laughs> well, it wasn't even the B-Unit, it was, yes. like, his moody niece.
3: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, not, not even like, some co ops. to do something
1: artsy. It's like this belongs in the subreddit. I'm 14 and this is deep. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: man. Uh, Rob Callflash, you take on the Batman Forever crime alley scene. <laughs> Bad. Next.
2: <laughs>
3: Next.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I, I don't even know what to add to
0: that because my notes that i wrote down was like yeah there's some voiceover for the wake and then he falls into a cave and then i just wrote down boring like i was just bored the whole time yeah this was eh. considering i had just watched the animated series one and then this one because i watched them all in order as well
3: yeah so So I was
0: trading on a curve (laughs) i almost was just like i almost (laughs) just skipped it i almost just saw the first thing start like the first couple seconds closed it wrote down bad and then went to the next one so
3: (laughs) it's Uh, bad
0: it's bad (laughs) kevin miller what do you got for batman forever
2: so so bad bad minus i'll say bad minus specifically because (laughs) if if this is the first batman movie or batman anything that you've seen which i mean it's not impossible no
3: then there is absolutely
2: no context for what you're seeing like, if, if you divorce yourself from, I know that this is a scene where Thomas and Martha Wayne get gunned down in an alley, that's not clear. Like, you're like, <laughs> what did I just see? The only reason you know anything about it is because then there's a scene afterwards, a boring, terrible scene about a funeral wake with blue fire and what? <laughs> Oh my god! That fire was
1: huge, too.
2: Also, yeah. huge, huge fire, and like one of those like you know night funerals and like. It looked
0: on. like a Madonna video. It looked like. like it oh looked my like, god! Like yeah. Like,
2: like, I was like, just about to say yes. This looks like some sort of goth teenagers thing my, from the nineties, and it yeah. basically was. <laughs>
0: So well, now you're describing it like something I want well,
2: yeah, I mean, well it was from the 90s and Tim Burton Was essentially a goth teenager so.
0: Cause like the way Schumacher handles it and I get that Schumacher was just trying to give you a quick reminder Because he is dovetailing off of the Tim Burton 1989 one So he was just trying to give you a quick hitter So it was essentially like Like quick flash of A shadowy figure with a gun firing two shots And then You know funeral Which, you know, and like, like we said, it was the, you know, Madonna video funeral, but, um, it, so the one thing that they got right, I'll say was Schumacher did do the one, it was only the the two second frame of like Thomas and Martha Wayne are laying there bleeding and like Bruce is on his knees, uh, you know, crying and there's the, the overhead, like the eagle eye shot of it and it has this like spotlight where it's just the spotlight is lit up and then everything else is pitch black. That's straight out of Batman Year One. That shot he got right. Everything else is essentially just like everything else is terrible. This the is the only this,
1: shot that he got right. He just straight up stole from someone else. Technically, well,
0: I, you can say he was homaging it if you would cho- <laughs> if you, <laughs> you were so. Used. It's all the same
2: source material. I don't know if that's fair. You're yeah, not
0: stealing. You're borrowing. Yeah, I don't know Definitely. if stealing's correct, <laughs> that. <right>? but that <laughs> yeah. was. The yeah, only thing. Sorry, I, 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 no, no, no I'm not. Oh, you're cutting out there, Rob. <laughs> so... Oh. Oh no, I, I was just saying, I was just gonna say stealing, but not in the context of like movies or music or entertainment. Like just, understand. yeah. I'm going to steal your pen. I'm yeah. borrowing it. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know. That's all. Like what was worse, Leapog? That or the scene where like Chase Meridian accidentally drops the roses and then Batman just falls apart for like two seconds in the Batman Forever
1: movie? Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> oh my god, I don't know. Uh so much.
0: I don't know. Alright, so I think we're officially giving a bad rating. I will say
2: this, and this is just a here. fun point, yeah. um, when you gave us the link to this uh, video and you said, okay, well here's you know, it's, we can't find a clip of it so here's the whole movie, this scene at the 87 minute mark, you gave us the wrong time signature for it, you gave us like the later one Yeah. so when I thought that there wasn't really a crime alley scene, I gave it a meth, and then when I actually saw it, I gave it a bad.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like. The, like so yeah. they actually
2: did worse than doing nothing, they yeah. could have left it over completely and done better
1: yeah, it was terrible. Uh, it's like here's the Crime Alley scene, and it's just like Two Face being stupid. <laughs> You're like, yeah, okay, this is fine.
0: <laughs> All right, so we're gonna go ahead yeah, and <laughs> we're gonna go ahead and officially give Batman Forever a bad. Seems appropriate.
2: So we're four in a good,
0: a bad, and two mads. <laughs> two mads. All right, four and four in a row. <laughs> okay. Next up. We have the fifth take of the crime alley scene. Bruce, Tim and co are back for season one, episode two of the justice league unlimited an episode titled for the man who has everything. Uh, this episode aired in 2004. So it was actually 10 years or not 10, nine years between crime alley scenes. Uh, so yeah, that, and that I think is actually the longest we go between breaks of the crime alley and, I don't think we're going to go another like two or three years without seeing another visual representation of the Grime Alley scene ever again.
2: That's a good point. I didn't realize that JLU was so late.
0: Yeah. Um, Well, if you want to find this scene, it is available on YouTube. All you have to do is type in for the man who has everything and then Batman and it'll come up. It's about uh, two and a half minutes long. So if you want to find that, go ahead and do that now. okay so what this one is is actually the first of two alternate takes on the crime alley scene. Uh, this particular scene is based off of uh, like like this episode of JLU was fantastic and it was based off of Alan Moore's brilliant series um, which was titled had the same title for the man who has everything. Um, Kevin Miller, why don't you go ahead and give your grade on the Justice League? version of the crime alley scene
2: um i gave this one a good uh it's more um you know batman animated so right up my alley uh the reason i like this one i've explained earlier is that i kind of like the alternate or twisted or somehow perverted takes on the uh actual flashback so the what's going on in this episode is basically it's it's superman's birthday no one knows what to get him because he's the man who has everything hence the title um when they find him he's got like this parasitic flower attached to him and in his mind he's experiencing like his idyllic life. So he's picturing himself like married on Krypton with kids of his own and uh, the result is that he's basically catatonic in the real world and Mongol is taking the absence of Superman to try to take over and start shit. Um, and as they kinda of pull the flower off of him, he starts like his internal world starts falling apart again uh it immediately is plants itself onto batman and so we get to see what his idyllic world is like for a second um and so the version is him he's has his reliving the crime alley scene but instead of uh his dad getting shot his dad intervenes and is able to take down the uh, assailant and actually ends up beating the living crap out of him before uh, Wonder Woman can free him from this parasitic plant. Uh, So I like it because it is a a different take on the crime alley scene. So we get to see what would happen. And uh, again, as Wonder Woman pulls it off of him and frees him from it, and it it basically breaks him out of this idyllic reality. And we see that the the assailant does eventually overpower him in the shadows uh, that are flashing on the wall there. And uh, his and his mom's expressions turn. And he does end up getting shot after all. So history hasn't changed. Uh, Batman's recollections of the events are as traumatizing as ever and only made the more painful for that sweet taste of relief he almost had. Uh, I like this one a lot. <laughs> and it's a good Superman episode, too.
0: Yeah, it's really captured the, <laughs> in the second episode. They really shot their wand in the second episode
2: of the Justice oh, League. No, the but, I mean, what a great oh, start fan. to
0: that series, yeah. though. Fantastic series. Uh, Rob Callflesh, what's your take on the Justice League uh, version? I gave this one a good. Yeah, I know nothing about the Justice League. I don't follow the DC universe in any way, um, but I really enjoyed uh, Batman or like Bruce Wayne remembering it as the way he wanted it to be. So like his dad just kicking that criminal's ass, but then once Wonder Woman removes this thing, um, he starts to remember the way it was, and his dad gets shot, and then his parents die.
2: I love the blocking in that scene as well because yeah. you don't actually see it so much as you see it like reflected on the wall behind them. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but yeah, definitely a good, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Which is classic, like, Paul Dini, Bruce Timm <laughs> cinematography. And I
0: think actually this was the first one where they went to see the Mark of Zorro. Yes, absolutely. Oh, true, it true. Yeah, this was the first Mark of Zorro reference, which was straight out of, again, The Dark Knight Returns. Uh, Mike Leapock, what are you grading uh, the Justice League Unlimited?
1: Well, my, my first notes was what? Because I, <clears throat> I didn't quite understand what was going on because I didn't know the context of the episode, but I figured it out. Okay, so he's, he's got his ideal thing. And then as that guy just kept on getting punched in the face over and over and over again, I wrote down rating not applicable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, been, this frame <laughs>
2: sequence has not yet been rated. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> I was like, where, where, is it? where is this going? But I did really enjoy it um and then finally at the end i was like yeah no it's just good
2: <laughs>
0: yeah I, I gave this a good so that's it's gonna be our second good rating uh i just it's so fantastic and even the way like when you get the shot of like batman like when he has the good like the good version where thomas wayne's hero move actually works yeah um and, and, like, the reason they were in Crime Alley kind of made sense because Bruce was just kind of, like, running around like an idiot after Marcus Zorro, like any, you know, kid might actually do.
1: Yeah, and, go. ah, I'm going to go fight crime! Yeah, and then
2: just kind of <laughs> Sure you alley. are, son. Yeah. <laughs> Prove it. <Yeah. laughs> Over my dead body. <laughs> no way!
1: <laughs> oh, no! <laughs>
0: but, like... Like, when we pulled out of Batman and it, it like inside of his head and you get to see him with, I believe if I have my memory, right. the creature that Mongol attached to everybody was called the black mercy. That's it. Nah. Um, when Batman like was had, when you see him with the thing attached to him and he's like actually smiling and yeah. it's not, it's not like the Val Kilmer smile. Cause if, if we can, you know, rip on Batman forever one more time, it's not like when Dr. Chase Meridian told Batman that, Hey, I don't really want to fuck Batman. I want to fuck Bruce Wayne. And then Val Kilmer turns around and does the worst Batman smile of all time with (laughs) one of the least Batman moments of the character. That was, like, so douchey. And this bat smile was so poignant, so haunting, because you're just like, wow, this motherfucker is is like happy for the first time since he was
1: it was it was full. like as if like he was basically drugged up, right? He's yeah. he on drugs. Yeah. And so he's like doesn't have some goofy like I <laughs> got a boner smile. No, just, yeah. He, is, yeah. he has
2: a like, has like, a, a, like I'm fuck... smile while his eyes are half lidded. <laughs> yeah, he's like I'm high as shit kind of smile. Yeah, exactly. So, it's
0: perfect. It's so short, but it gets the point across. You mentioned how it was backlit against the the like the shadows in Crime Alley. It was just... That scene
2: is just great because, like, Wonder Woman, you can, like, barely hear her screaming in the background. Yeah.
0: Oh, God, oh. I'm so... Um, so, Bruce, Tim, and company, two for two so far as far as the Crime Alley scenes go. And, uh, you know, who to thunk it? Bruce, Tim, and those guys, they just get Batman.
2: My boy, yeah. And for the record, I think I've said it on the podcast before, but I'm just throwing it out there again. Justice League Unlimited is my... DC, like in my opinion is the best thing dc comics has ever done
0: <laughs> right. uh, I like it. <laughs> so so what's the score we got two goods two meds and one bad right Uh
3: huh. okay
0: yeah like right. shoemaker yeah shoemaker bringing up the rear there uh making issues number six a year after this justice league unlimited chris nolan makes his debut uh I believe this was seven years, seven or eight years after. So they let Batman rest for eight years as far as live-action movies go because Batman and Robin was so terrible that Warner Brothers just tapped out of the comic book movie industry. Don't, don't you mean 10 years? Well, it was, well, I think Batman and Robin was 97, and then Batman oh. Begins 2005. So that's, like eight, that's eight years, if my math is correct on that one. Forgot about Batman and Robin. Yeah, that um, was the a bad, bad one. Yeah, that was the really so bad one. I that, shouldn't have questioned the host. Well, that's, no, that's speaking right. <laughs> of Black Mercy. Yeah, no, exactly. No, just, yeah. Like I just like that. Was, Warner Brothers tapped out because if you think about it now, like think about what what like Sony and Fox did. Sony and Fox made a shitty Spider Man movie, and then two years later, we're like, sorry, here's a new one, and then made two versions of the new one, and they were so terrible that they were like, sorry, we're gonna try again in a couple of years. <laughs> Hopefully, we get it right the third time. Uh, like, to, like, just to think about how Warner Brothers, Batman and Robin, the returns on that one were so bad that they were like, we're out. We're out of the comic book and this movie industry. <laughs> so they put Batman to bed for eight years. It's ridiculous to think about. Um, Batman Begins, uh, Chris Nolan's version, 2005. The scene is available on YouTube. Uh, it is titled Batman Begins Parents' Death. If you want to watch that so you know what we're talking about, go ahead and do that right now. So um, I'm just going to go ahead and take the lead on this one. If you thought I something. thought you might. <laughs>
3: um,
0: this is I, I, I'm just going to straight up say this is a good rating. I, or I have mine as a good rating. I have this as my absolute favorite take on Crime Alley. I think Chris Nolan got absolutely everything about this scene, right? And he even brought new stuff to the scene that made even more sense that Bruce Wayne would eventually become Batman with this one. Um, In this one, uh, one thing he switched was instead of watching, instead of them watching a movie, they're like, they're at the Monarch Theater again. And, but they're there for a play. And I believe the play is, uh, Leapok, you might have better knowledge than this, about this than me, but it looked like Deflator Mouse.
1: No, it was an opera, and it's an opera called uh, Mef- Mephistopheles by Arrigo Boito. I actually looked this up last night. Um, and what it is, it's, it's something that not a lot of, like, it's not a really famous opera because it didn't do very well, but it was really influential. But it has something that actually ties into the movie in that it's the, the opera. It's, it's the tale of Faust. Okay. And uh, Faust is this guy who's kind of like this old dumper. And uh, Mephistopheles, who's the devil, makes a bet with God that he can corrupt him and steal his soul. So he goes to Faust, and he's like, well, what do you want? He's like, well, I want to bang this chick. And so he's like, okay. So he makes him young, and he gives him all these powers of seduction. And so he goes around, and he's able to seduce this woman. And all these things happen or whatever. But eventually, Faust ends up turning against the devil, and he ends up losing his bet and going back down to hell. The plot of this is very, very similar to a movie. That movie is Batman Begins.
3: Yeah, that's very it's, it's interesting. Basi-
1: it's it's the the plot of the opera is the same plot as Batman Begins, where Ra's al Ghul is the devil.
0: Damn, that's a good yeah. pull,
2: Buck. <laughs> yeah. That is
0: so Nolan was even more brilliant in this scene than I thought. Wow. Yeah, should yeah? Uh, do they have Players. like all sorts of bat imagery in like they did in that or? I guess they could probably just uh, that's, take that's just a director's it, right? Take, but okay. it is
1: it is a pretty ridiculous opera with like scenes of uh, uh, demons and shit flying. around. Okay. so
0: easily there could have been a
1: bat like. In, in oh yeah. Okay.
0: Um. So yeah. So that's the thing. So earlier in the in the Batman Begins movie, uh, Bruce Wayne, you know, falls down the well that would eventually become the Bat Cave, and he's frightened of bats and everything. So he sees the bats in this play, and he is reminded of it, and then he panics and he says, "Hey, Dad, can we get the hell out of here?" and The dad goes, yeah. And so they have to exit out the first door that they see so as not to disrupt anybody in, you know, that is enjoying the opera and whoops, the side door, they take exits right out to the back into crime alley. So it makes sense that they're in crime alley in the first place. And then Joe chill shows up. So this is actually the, um, so Joe, Joe, Joe chill. No, 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 because like the other ones, well, it's the first time that we know it was Joe Chill, I think, because, uh, well, let's go through the list, because it was Jack Napier in, in, well, in the Super Friends, it was just like a random dude, Fuck. right? Yeah. That could have been, 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 been Joe Chill. 89, uh, it was the Joker. Dreams in Darkness, you don't actually see the assailant. Uh, Batman Forever is uh, supposed to be the Joker again, and for the man who has everything, the JLU one could have been Joe Chill. But this is the first time they explicitly mentioned that it's Joe Chill. And everything that goes on in that scene is something that like is exactly the way that could have actually gone down where he is a tweaker who doesn't necessarily know what he's doing and is like completely off the rails as he's trying to stick up these two people. Thomas Wayne doesn't play it like a moron who leaps in front of a bullet uh, like immediately like he doesn't or start see... to fight
2: the guy or panic
0: exactly right? or start to fight the guy who panic he's trying to keep the guy calm he's trying to keep everything you know, like, like to the situation, it's, just, it's so brilliantly done. And then the guy just panics and fires and like accidentally shoots. And like the whole, the whole reason they were in the alley was technically because of Bruce. So it was, you know, Bruce blaming himself. Whereas the other versions that we've seen are a little bit just them going, Hey, why don't we wander into a dark alley for no reason? So Bruce blames himself and you know which is for his parents death which is one of the reasons he becomes batman and just everything about this is so brilliant i have a good rating and rob coughlush you're up next if you have anything to say about the batman begins and chris nolan's take i am going to back up your good rating with my own good rating (laughs) (laughs) nice bold choice yeah. I know uh, you know <laughs> I, I, I figure I'd stray from the pack a little bit yeah no, no. um,
2: good minus sir yeah <laughs> yeah everything you said is completely accurate
0: there's a good reason for them to be in that alley uh, Thomas Wayne tries to keep the the assailant calm and doesn't do anything stupid yeah it's just you know twitchy um, but I will point out based on an earlier comment in this pod this Batman begins, they are poisoning the water supply again. In that one, yeah. (laughs) Not specifically because of this scene or anything, but in the movie, they are poisoning the water supply. Yeah, they they definitely (laughs) were.
2: With the expressive purpose of blowing up the water.
0: (laughs) That's true, yeah.
2: It was more of, we're poisoning
0: the water supply so we can explode things, as opposed to, (laughs) we're just poisoning the water supply. (laughs) Yeah, But yeah, like one of the uh, biggest things that I like about this is that it is Bruce's fault. It is because of him that his parents died because there's no reason for them to have ever been in that alley otherwise. Well it is victim blaming a little bit, but like for, for taking that <laughs> yeah, taking that aside, but yeah it, it, it was like like they wouldn't have been there if he didn't panic at the the sights of the opera.
2: Yeah.
3: Okay.
0: Um Kevin Miller, what do you have to say about Batman Begins?
2: Uh, I will give it a good as well. Um I've mentioned before that I like the the kind of different takes or, like, the twists on the Crime Alley scene. As far as realistic ones, uh, this is definitely my favorite of the list. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it's well acted and not overly dramatic. Like, there's never any, like, big fight scenes or anything like that. Like, it's just uh, uh, mugging that goes wrong. And that's, that's what I like the most about it. And I want to add to what you guys are saying, because Bruce can blame himself more than he can even blame Joe Chill in this scenario, because... It fits very well into the tone of the movie where the problem isn't this guy. The problem is the city that made him because he's just a guy who appears to be down on his luck and desperate and tweaked out and is just acting purely out of desperation. And he didn't want to necessarily kill Thomas and Martha Wayne, but he got scared and he pulled the trigger. Uh, so more than anyone else in the scene, like even the shooter, you like Bruce would blame himself. Uh, And it just fits very well into the theme of the movie for that reason because it goes from fear into causing him to leave. uh, And then also the fact that this city is broken and I need to do something about it. And, you know, Joe Chill isn't the problem, he's one of the symptoms
0: so fucking brilliant this entire movie it and actually he's
2: very well into the trilogy yeah, that way
0: it's so insane when you when you if you were to watch Batman and Robin and then immediately slide into the Chris Nolan it's Serious thing.
2: Mm-hmm. I um, actually think that I could stand to watch that trilogy over again because I think oh, all yeah. said the first one might be my favorite
0: <laughs> well I still think the Dark Knight Return but like the one that ages the best as you rewatch them is easily the Batman Begins
2: Right, and I've always had a, I mean, I love the Joker, too, but I've always yeah. had a soft spot for Scarecrow, as I've mentioned.
0: Uh, Mike Leapock, uh, what do you uh, have to say? have anything to add about Batman Begins?
1: Oh, this one's bad. Uh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the sky blue <laughs> Yeah. it. <gonna> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say we haven't... Whoa, I don't know what happened it was just there. banned from the podcast. No, this one's... Oh, it, this, this, uh, this is my favorite. Like, it's, it's so good, and... Like I had to look up the whole when I when I looked up like what opera it was and read about it I was like yeah, damn this thing this thing is layers and layers and yeah. and it's like and it's so realistic like like you were saying before this is I feel like that's basically how it would go down like it's just a twitchy guy and he acts you know it's just stupid shit happens and it sucks um, another thing that I, I noticed is that uh, I think. With most of the ones, if not all of the ones beforehand, where they actually see like where the people pop out, um, they, they react to the person, not the gun. And so, there's like a couple of times, uh, where they're walking down the alleyway and then someone comes out in the alleyway and then they get all like scared and stuff. But sometimes it's not even an alleyway, it's like a street, like a big street, and then this well dressed man walks in front of them and they freak out. Whereas this one, like, the guy walks out and they don't react because they're just like, whatever, we're just trying to get to the street to our car. So they keep walking. And then when he pulls the gun is when they start freaking out. And I think that's when normal people freak out. That's a yeah, great
2: dude. point. That yeah, is. I mean, Thomas Wayne was a philanthropist who was trying to help the city, so he wouldn't necessarily be afraid of a vagrant in an alley, right? Yeah, <laughs>
1: absolutely. It's like, oh, black man! like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Racist. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, poor people yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: he's not an idiot one percenter like in uh to take it back to the first one like in the super friends one where he's just like hey i know we're rich and powerful but let's stroll through this dark alley for no reason
1: Whereas i'm pretty yeah. sure even in the in the 1989 batman like it's the two of them but they're wearing like top hats and nice trench coats and one of them walks out in front of the other one and then they start freaking out like there's the yeah. there and not when they're actually being mugged um, and then every, you know, everything else that you guys said is completely right. Like this one's just—it's there's nothing wrong with it. It's just really, really good. It really hammers in the whole traumatic experience because it's his fault, and then his dad tells him to not be afraid as he dies, and uh, it's.
2: <laughs> the other thing I'll add that I don't think any of us have brought up yet is they immediately follow it up with the uh, scene with Jim Gordon in the police station. Yeah, which is fantastic. Sometimes being a great. hero can be as simple as putting a coat around a young boy. I
0: may or may not have been that young boy. (laughs) (laughs) Pete Holmes, shout out. Do you get it?
3: Yeah, (laughs) right. All
0: right, so we got we got a good rating for Chris Nolan's 2005 Batman Begins. Um, Next up, this might be the debate here between Batman Begins and this one for best ever. Um, The 2009 video game Batman: Arkham Asylum. This scene is available on YouTube. If you want to watch it, Uh, just go and look up. Arkham Asylum parents murder scene. If you want to go check that out, do so now. Rob Callflesh, your take on Batman Arkham Asylum 2009, the Crime Alley scene. I'm glad you picked me first with this one. I'm saying <laughs> I'm saying good. Yeah. Regardless of whether it's good or not, it is purely biased because I love this game. <laughs> But I do still think it was good. There was just some, there were some things that probably would bring it down a bit, but it's I'm still saying good. It was there. Were, I can't remember exactly how uh, the scarecrow got uh, Batman induced into this fear. Yeah. Once again, the scarecrow is. We're noticing there's a trope of Batman. Yeah, uh, <laughs> this is I believe the third time the scarecrow has gassed him on this list into. Uh... Yeah, remembering his parents. I well, just I think can't remember. Man
1: goes around being like, you know what I'm going to think about today? My parents' death.
2: Like, yeah, this is something that needs I, to be brought up. I will to to remember... say
0: he enters the one room, and then the whole room gets gas. Yeah, I'm fairly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The like,
2: There's a that. few times in that uh, in that game where like, yeah. it's it kind of hackneyed, but where like you know some gas will shoot like an air vent or something like that. And yeah, just, exactly. Oh, okay, well.
0: So that's what induces <laughs> this whole thing. Yeah. But the whole the. Because it's watching somebody play through it. Because I remember playing through it, and it's just like, no, fuck, no, Get, turn around, run away, nope, <laughs> nope, nope, nope. <laughs> but you just have the guy just walking straight forward, like not veering left or right or anything. He's just barreling, well, not barreling, but just walking straight ahead. But going down the hallway, and um, as it, it just starts raining and the thunder and shit just starts moving around because of the wind, uh, super effective um when it gets to the um the talking of what's going on because it doesn't actually show anything it's all voiced over yeah um thomas wayne's a fucking idiot (laughs) martha's like we should wait for alfred yeah no no no. let's let's go down this alley it's a shortcut your car is coming who cares (laughs) if you're just trying to like go one block away to be like 30 seconds faster to get home yeah that's
2: stupid you're an idiot i will give you that <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah that's that's the one
2: that's my nitpick
0: that's the one blotch that i think that keeps this one from being the best one of all time yeah um i think this is what that's the one blotch that has this one losing out to the batman begins take on it um kevin yeah. miller what do you have to say about i got one other oh, thing go right ahead bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's not specific to the actual crime alley. It's what takes place directly afterwards. Oh my god! <laughs> sequence. So Bruce is being questioned by uh, by Gordon and all of that. This is and, so good. And whoever this other person is. Is oh. a fucking
2: sick. <laughs>
0: like, Can you has guess
2: who a- it is? Because there's only one person that it is. <laughs> no, it's not Bullock.
0: Don't say it's Bullock Miller. Oh come on. <laughs> this Bullock would never. Bullock is tough, but he is not an a hole. He's not an asshole to a kid. Right? The guy does says stuff like, "Oh, the kid's butler's on the way. The yeah. kid has a butler. He'll be fine." <laughs> yeah, Dad was.
1: He's easy, he'll be fine. He's like he has no parents. <laughs> yeah, Yeah, come on. Ar-
0: yeah the- Gordon arguing with the other uh, officer bit in that sequence is so fucking fantastic. It's on point. Like, like, I forgot about that and I was yelling at my screen because of that other guy.
2: (laughs) What is wrong with you?
0: (laughs) You insensitive Claude. Yeah.
2: Don't you know what this boy will become? (laughs) Yeah. that's all I got. Short answer now.
0: right, Kevin Miller, what do you rate Batman Arkham Asylum 2009?
2: I give it a good, um, this is my favorite one of all time, and I've said it before, I like the ones that have weird twists on them, I like ones that involve the scarecrow, this is all of the above. This is the fully interactive one on this list, (laughs) which is to say that you are walking down a hall, you have control over the speed at which you walk, you can't really leave, but you're in it, it's you. And so it's all happening to you, and there's no way you can escape it. And so you have to just keep aggressing. And as you do, you know, suddenly this hallway in the asylum turns into – there's newspapers blowing around, and there's streetlights for no good reason, and then it's raining in there and everything like that. And then suddenly you're in the alley, and then Batman is just crumbling over the corpses of his parents. And I don't think you ever see their faces. And you get like a 20-second shot maybe or maybe 10-second shot from above of him just like as a kid on his hands and knees in the spotlight but the spotlight has like a bat shape to it has
0: a symbol in it yeah
2: which is kind of neat and genius and it makes sense because it could just be a straight-up spotlight and it would fit well with the scene but this is a mind trip version of it so you know anything can happen really Uh, And then he turned into, and then just when you think the scene's going to be over, you just are, like, kid Bruce Wayne walking down the rest of the hall. And it really hammers home, like, the yeah, just because the scene is over doesn't mean that, like, life went on from there. He didn't immediately turn into Batman after that. He was still a scared kid afterwards, and you get to hear the conversation between Gordon and the cop. And you have to imagine that Bruce was sitting in the corner of the room while these two were audibly arguing with each other and... God, it's so heart-wrenching and the fact that you're identifying with this character at this point because you've played for at least six hours, it just hurts all the more. So because this one has the twist to it, because it's interactive and because it involves the Scarecrow, for me, it slightly edges out Batman Begins as the favorite of all time, but I, could, I can't defend that point. I mean, if anyone told me that Batman Begins was their favorite of all time, I couldn't argue with them. Yeah, well,
0: someone said Batman Forever was their favorite. I would, I would walk <laughs> away from that. Person. You would immediately slap them in the face. You do that. You do the. Uh, yeah, oh, I would pull okay. a
2: Batman. I wouldn't kill them, but I would put them. You in do
0: Sharon Moonstruck. You just slap them and you go, "Snap out of it." <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike Leapock, your take on Arkham Asylum?
1: Uh, in the con, like, in the whole, um, like, of the whole of the game, it's 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 good. It's this. The the thing is, the game is good. It's the whole game is really, really well put together. Yes. Uh, my first note was, I need to finish this game.
2: Yeah. <laughs> this was the actually <laughs> even just watching this scene for two minutes made me realize that I need to go back and replay like the first one, the second one that I never finished, and yeah, get up on that I, I never did finish the
1: first one, but I really liked it, and I think it's it's really, really well done in the game. Um, if you're just watching it as just, like, a scene on YouTube. It's, yeah, it's and that's just meh. it.
2: Like, the guy it's, who's it walking definitely through
1: Because it. it's just like, plod, 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 kick yeah. a can, da
2: dah, dah,
1: kick another can, blah. And then, you know, and it doesn't make much sense. And the voice acting is a little sketch at times, but the, the, the voice acting of his mother is really
2: good. Well, you get yeah. that with, um, with like, uh, Let's Plays in general, where you're, like, you're just losing a lot of the gravitas because it's not you.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, but, like, so, I, uh, I see Let's
2: it's... Plays of, like, Half-Life 2 where, like, you know, people are having a serious conversation. The guy playing Gordon Freeman's, like, jumping on desks and throwing binders at them. <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> well, that's, like, that's... I play that's that game like, with Half-Life 2
1: try to hop up on someone's head and they're staring up at you while you're teabagging them oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and having a serious conversation um, but yeah no it, i i'd say this is good because in the game it's really really good uh if people haven't played the game and are watching it and they're like well why is that good you, you, just, you just you just gotta play it and it's it's really nice in that i never
2: thought i would like that game from like all the all the like oh here's what Bane looks like here's what you know Harley's gonna look like I'm like oh this is so over the top <laughs> well
0: I knew I was gonna like this game because they were they brought Bruce Tim and Paul Dini in to write it so and, I was and like,
2: that's what when I heard that that's what got me back <laughs> yeah in, so yeah I agree and it when was they, an
0: ex- when they brought in the animated crew yeah because exactly. it's like uh yeah
2: yeah, yeah. Do it's do like playing, playing
0: it's like playing a, an episode of the animated series the all all this entire like the Batman part yeah, yeah and
2: the and entire like I've said, series. Like, This is five years after even the Justice League, and that's my favorite version of the DC comic universe. So I I was down as soon as I heard that. Yeah, this is especially if you get like you know, Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill back in there.
0: Yeah, um, I had this rated as a good, so it's goods across the board for Arkham Asylum 2009. Um, I had this as my second favorite iteration all time behind Batman Begins, and we mentioned it earlier. Thomas Wayne, really silly reason for them to be in Crime Alley for this one. And sure. if you go by the way they do the, the the voice acting in this one, um, the guy just, like, straight up murders the Waynes. Like, Thomas Wayne was very cooperative in this. He doesn't do the thing Oh where, yeah, like, lunges. He's like, you know, you know, don't worry. I'll do whatever you want. Just don't hurt my family and stuff like that. And then the guy, you heard the demonic voice, which I actually thought was a nice touch. Like, when he comes in and they don't necessarily – like give a real voice it's just kind of like bruce Cameron. well
2: and and so <laughs> just, just to voice you know i'm gonna bring it back a little bit if what we're seeing is we're not actually seeing the scene we're up, only yeah. seeing the hearing the dialogue yeah so i mean you can't really get rid of the thomas wayne dialogue in place for the sound of him lunging
3: <laughs>
0: no that's true but in this one we know he doesn't because he he actually like audibly says you know i'll do whatever you want don't yeah. worry, just don't hurt my family. And then all the next thing I hear is, blam! And he shoots, and it's like, Jesus. <laughs> like, like, the guy just straight up, it's a straight up murder scene. Yeah. But, like, the, the lightning flash, and then he turns into young Bruce and, like, collapses. And then you get the overhand, the overhead shot of the bat symbol, like, with him yeah. and his dead parents. Just, like, absolute fangasm at that point in the game. Like, I remember the first time I played that, I was so... Like, it was so intense, and I was so happy watching what I was playing. And even though you're so happy (laughs) watching a super sad scene. (laughs) Yeah. Well, because it was just so (laughs) fucking excellent. It was so excellently done that my hands were shaking on the controller and stuff. And, like, I just, I could, like, I was barely able to contemplate what was going on because it was just so.
2: Well, you're so involved in the game at this point that it's just heart wrenching. I, I joke because
0: I'm the same way. Like, when it gets to stuff, it's like this scene could be super sad super like mind-bending whatever like when it's or like like things with like so Thrones. like and when it's like oh there's all these creepy kids like people are scared i'm like i have the biggest smile on my face because this is amazing <laughs> here's all the cool
2: thing happens <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. So, yeah so, no, all the joker moments in this game are great there's one earlier where you're like in the morgue at arkham asylum And there's nothing in there, so you go back out the door that you came in, but then you're in the same room again. (laughs) Yeah, that was brilliant. And then you see, like, your parents on the table, like... Yeah. Oh, God. As
0: soon as we're done this pod... Damn it, I want to play that now. (laughs) As soon as we're done this pod, I'm going to put it up, and I'm going back and playing Arkham Asylum. (laughs) I I can't. Richard has the console, and it's across across the country (laughs) and in another country. Oh, God. Oh, man. So I think we're giving uh, Batman Arkham Asylum a good ratings. That's three straight goods, so uh, a nice little run from uh, 2004 to 2009.
2: How long will it's it It's all lie? downhill from here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know about that. Well, well let's find out. Um, next up, 2010, uh, fresh new animated series, Batman Brave and the Bold. Uh, I actually really like the Brave and the Bold. It's a nice blend between uh, adult and children. Like It's a great thing to fire on, because I have... Um, uh, my niece comes over all the time, and she's uh, three or four and Batman Brave and the Bold is perfect because I can fire it on and, you know, she's not reaching and I'm not stooping for Batman Brave and the Bold. So right, yeah. it, it, it's perfect for that matter. But um, the episode we're talking about is season two, episode 11, Chill of the Night. Uh, the Crime Alley scene is available on YouTube. Uh, if you want to watch it, all you have to do is type in Batman Brave and the Bold Chill of the Night. And if you want to watch that, go ahead and do so now. Mike Leopock, uh why don't you go ahead and give your rating of Batman: Brave and the Bold's take on the Crime Alley scene?
1: All right. Well, uh, one first thing that I notice is that this is uh, like it's another Mask of Zorro one.
0: Yeah, the Mark of Zorro. Um,
1: so, so so he comes out, and it's uh, clearly set up to be uh, this is actually what actually happened, uh, as opposed to the Justice League uh, hallucination yeah. <laughs> done in the same kind of universe. Um, and the uh, other <laughs> really funny thing is that Adam West, does he play his dad? Yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. Second <laughs> I got that right. I so got that, like too. Adam West is his
0: dad? Yeah, Adam, which was a great nod by... Because uh, Paul Dini actually wrote this episode too. And so uh, I I think Bruce and company did Brave and the Bold. I'm not 100% certain. I know Paul Dini didn't write like every episode, but he the, wrote... The
2: fun little Easter egg is that Adam West has done a voice in all of the Batman animated series.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because he, he was uh, the... The gray shadow or whatever he was, yeah.
2: he was the gray ghost in, Grey Batman Ghosts, Grey yeah, in was the Batman fucking... the Batman. He was the mayor. <laughs> yeah, fucking brilliant episode. Yeah,
1: overall with this one, like, I, it just kind of happened. There wasn't anything really special. It's a pretty meh <laughs> scene. I I wasn't a huge fan of it. Like, I just didn't think that there was anything super special there, anything to really put it apart from anything else. It was just like, okay, that happened. Meh. <laughs> Just that of math. That's that's a math. <laughs> um like, it wasn't bad. Like there yeah. wasn't anything where I was like, Oh good lord <laughs> Or, you know, and it's like, oh yeah, Adam West was actually cool and it, that was a good nod and it was nice to have the closure from my watching the Justice League before and I was like, What? <laughs> <Yeah>. Why? <laughs> this <laughs> um,
0: uh yeah. I gotta agree. I like I'll, i give this one a Matt as well. The entire episode of Chill of the Night is fucking brilliant though. You guys should um Go out and give that a check. It was probably the best episode of the Brave and the Bold series. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you on the math rating though, because it doesn't really bring anything new to the table, and there's a couple of uh, points to take issue with. But uh, Miller, what do you think of uh, the take on the Brave and the Bold?
2: Uh, I gave it a, a math minus, <laughs> or possibly a bad plus. I'm going to go with math minus. Because, uh, man, for all the reasons that you've said, plus there's this little PS scene at the end where you have to assume later that night where Bruce is, like, at his bed, and he's like, I swear vengeance on everyone immediately.
3: Oh,
0: God, and, that was and, bad.
2: And Alfred's listening in, and is just like, whatever, and leaves. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what were both yeah, of them doing that was, in that scene? Yeah,
0: that was... they. they <laughs> t- t- <laughs> t-
1: that, really, that actually put me off from that scene. A lot of it was that, like, okay, so the, the, the music was weird because the... The, like clearly, the focus and the climax of the scene was not his parents getting killed. It was him swearing vengeance.
2: Yeah, like yeah.
1: that. When they do that, like I think his parents dying is a significant enough scene that it should actually be focused on.
2: Well, it should, and I don't think that Bruce was like immediately like an hour and a half later, like, nope, life devoted to fighting evil.
1: It was like two seconds later, right? Well, yeah,
2: exactly. But it's like, he got home and you have to imagine he was taking the police beforehand. So you assume like, okay, three hours later, he's like, swear revenge forever. Yeah.
0: But but Alfred just
2: listens to this tirade of a tearful Bruce. And is like, okay. (laughs) And just leaves.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I, I, I will point out though, um, the, the YouTube video that we did watch for this is a promo for this episode. So those episodes, those scenes that you mentioned didn't happen.
2: (laughs) that didn't happen one after the other. They didn't
0: happen one after the other in the actual chill of the <laughs> no, episode. Well, that's oh, probably good. Yeah, so oh. it does.
2: Yeah, I feel good it with my bad like minus M- rather than bad plus. Yeah, it
0: does make a little more sense in the continuity of the show. It's not as as described in that promo, but like. It felt like yeah. a
1: promo and I was like, is this an episode? Oh, I'll just trust Pierce. Yeah, it, it, that is the <laughs> Clearly, he would have told us if this was a commercial.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rob, what did, what did <laughs> you think of Brave and the Bold's take on the crime alley
2: Scene. I'm gonna give it a math plus. Okay. And I'm <laughs> gonna choose to continue. Let me explain
0: myself. I don't care. Math for the all the same reasons. Sure. And the plus is because I really liked it. It had Adam West as Thomas Wayne. Oh, okay. Yeah. It got straight to the point. And at the end of it, again, I'm assuming this was how it was shown in the show, not a promo. So all of this happened back to back. So right after the funeral or whatever, Bruce is at his bed praying. Basically, I I saw it as like, yeah, I'm going to do some black magic now. and I'm going to bow to fuck shit up. (laughs) It's like, yeah, who, who, what devil do I need to make an agreement with? Like, I I want (laughs) to just wreck things now. Yeah, so it's probably t- probably tweaking what it actually was supposed to do. But that's the only reason I threw it in the plus is because I'd seen so many good things. I'd watched all this in order. There was so many goods back to back. I'm like, I like this for my own personal reasons. Good enough. Plus.
3: Yeah.
0: But, I, but as the, the whole Crime Alley thing, it's, it's a mess. Yeah, I think There's, it's gonna be mehs across the board. It's a meh for me. Um, I absolutely love the artwork in Brave and the Bold, and I thought that they I used thought, it, oh it
3: looks it. nice.
0: Yeah, Definitely. it looks so pretty, this this version of it. Um, I just it's awesome that Adam West did the voice of Thomas Wayne
1: yeah.
0: in this one, but Thomas Wayne makes a couple of mistakes, specifically the lunging <laughs> at the guy and getting his fool ass shot for for what I perceive to be no reason. So like yeah. I had this
2: bad acting too, but we see that happen a lot. I didn't even bother noting it. I just, yeah. just you know, Alfred and Bruce were completely out of
0: Yeah, and it was so bad because like, like if you're Bruce, I would remember that scene in my head and be like, Man, my dad was an idiot. Like you know, like like <laughs> if my like, yeah, yeah, like when I was like grown up like,
2: sullen child before you swear to devote your life.
0: Yeah. That was well, that's a bit of a stretch. And that was just kind of the cause Brave and the Bold went over the top. Which was, you know, sort of the purpose of that show. Yeah,
2: yeah, and I understand that. I just don't much care for it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's fine. But uh, I just, yeah, it's got to be a mess. I mean, the reasons they were in Crime Alley made sense because once again, Bruce was like coming out of Marcus Zorro, you know, running away. Yeah, running away from being a kid and happens to wander into Crime Alley. So it's kind of Bruce's fault, but at the same time, like once Bruce hits like 15, you, you figure he'd be smart enough to realize. Yeah, my dad lunged at a guy with a gun and got his ass shot. Like I st- I like, still prefer to remember it. Changing it completely with Alfred standing in that doorway, picturing him like with a black robe holding a candle, Bruce is there at his bed with a candle next to him, it's like, yeah, let's get some dark shit going. Yeah, just... <laughs> let's let's Tim Burton it up. Let's goth this up. Yeah. All right. So that's the I that made the necromancer. So that's yeah. the the two third mark of the crime alley what's the what's the official tally we got eight we got one bad four goods and three mess is that is that the official tally
3: that Dang, sounds that's actually
0: pretty good what all right that? so 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 far jill schumacher is the only one with a with a bad rating <laughs> for his take on crime i
2: think tally. i've got one more coming up
0: do you all right well here we go um number nine uh Another version, uh, the DC Animated Universe does their first of two takes on Frank Miller's classic uh, takes on the Dark Knight from the 80s, which actually define the Dark Knight and the Batman that we know and love these days of the goddamn Batman. Um, this ta- The first one they do is Batman Year One, which came out in 2011. Uh, you can find this on YouTube. All you have to youtube it's got the weirdest title of all time um if you youtube yes father i shall become a bat it will give you the two minute scene for this one so if you want to watch that go ahead and do so now so the marcus zorro once again the movie that the waynes go to visit or go to see um kevin miller what was your take on batman year one
2: I gave this one a good, okay. um, and I just want to throw out there: if you haven't seen the movie, it's a good one to watch. Um,
0: oh, that's incredible. it's incredible! It was the
2: it was um, what Brian Cranston as Commissioner Gordon, yes, or Sergeant Gordon, whatever he was at the time. Yeah, um, and uh, John DiMaggio as the Joker, because I think this was the first thing that Mark Hamill was not on board for. Yeah,
0: I think. Well,
2: because um, this was so, after Arkham City. I think. Yeah, because
0: I think Arkham City came out the same year. So they were kind of doing them both at the same time. So he was probably voice acting Arkham City at the same time. And that was when he kind of said, okay, I'm, Arkham City was him retiring the Joker. Although he's planning on coming out to do the Killing Joke, which is going to be fucking
3: amazing.
0: But
2: John DiMaggio does a decent Joker too. Yeah, he, he had a good – he had a decent enough Joker. John DiMaggio is a bender from Futurama for those who aren't aware. Um, anyway, uh, so yes. Sorry?
1: I said also Jake from Adventure yep, Time. Jake yeah. from bacon Jake.
2: pancakes, making bacon pancakes. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so, yes, yeah, so I gave this one a good. Um, I really liked how the scene was blocked and how it had sort of a traumatic feeling to it where you could tell, like, it was definitely done in the flashback style uh, where it's Bruce remembering it and you could tell that he has some trauma about it because, uh, and I noted this, uh, basically the all the sound in the scene is muffled. Uh, and, like, dulled, and so the gunshots kind of ring out, but you don't, it, you know, the voices kind of go dull after that, and you don't really hear anything. I also noted that um, once uh, Thomas and Martha are shot, like, once the gun is fired, you don't see their faces anymore after that. So, again, it's sort of like, uh, I'm, ge- I'm guessing, like, a am getting a psychological sort of bruised doesn't want to remember that specifically after this point anymore. Like, he's trying to... As much as this is a flashback, he's trying to protect himself from this memory still. And as much as it haunts him, so he's trying to... There's some sort of blocking there. Um, and as a result, I, I really liked how this scene was shot. And we get the spotlight again, and we get the following pearls again. Like, it's it's classic.
0: Rob Kofflech, your take on Batman Year One. I'm gonna give it, like, a meh minus, because... Now, I've never seen this whole thing. So, I have never seen Batman Year One. So, I don't know the entire context of all of it, but I, I'm aware of the Crime Alley scene. And this whole thing was kind of boring ish to me, a little more engaging than the Batman Forever version of it, where I just basically zoned out completely. But this one, um, from the notes that I have, and for what I re- slightly recall, is like the assailant just there's no words exchanged you just shoots the parents and then pearls fall and that's it it's kind of simplistic I had already watched eight in a row. Maybe I was starting <laughs> to Maybe <show. laughs> cutting around.
2: Boring. It. It's, it's,
1: like, it's yeah. like come on, you got to get my attention. Fireworks, motherfucker.
2: Exactly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Take out the yeah. way to the rocket launcher. Yeah. Yeah. And don't worry, I'll give you the wallet.
2: <laughs> I believe you, but my Tommy gun don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and
0: there had been a string of goods, so you know the bar had been set, and it, it didn't meet it for me. So you're grading this one on a curb. All right, fair enough. Uh, Mike Leapock, what do you say for Batman Year One? Um, I'm
1: I'm actually gonna say a uh, meh plus slash good minus. Um, it's it's up there. I I did I liked it. I I, I really enjoyed it. I really like the art style actually. Um,
0: like that was so uh, sorry. I'm just gonna interrupt you. That is so true to the because this is this the graphic novel that this is based on. Uh, Lipok is uh was done by uh. Frank Miller and David Mazzucchelli, and it is one of the most beautifully, beautifully drawn f- comics in that like film noir
1: Frank Miller esque style. It's it was, it, it was really it was really well done, and yeah. it kind of reminded me of like good anime,
3: mm-hmm.
1: like uh with with the the scene with just like the really big like uh, snowflakes as the big white blobs that were kind of covering up a lot of the action, but. Um, still like I don't know, enhancing everything. It kind of actually reminded me of the show Death Note. If you watched yeah.
0: that, I did not enjoy Death Note, but I know what you're talking about. Yes,
1: yeah, just like the the art style and that, like yeah, is, yeah it kind of reminds me of this. Like it, I don't, I, I liked it, but and then then there was that huge bat.
0: <laughs> yeah, Frank Miller. Yeah, when Frank, whenever Frank Miller does it, that bat is always like a monster bat, which I always kinda explain away as saying, Okay, that's how Bruce is remembering it,
1: right? <laughs> it's yeah, not like, actually you a didn't giant actually bat. have an eight foot bat fly through the window. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh overall, like I liked it. I, I did enjoy it. Um but I didn't think it was like incredible or anything. So I was like, yeah, no, it's fine. Like it's good. But it's it's like when you compare it to like, you know, when we're grading on a three point scale, like yeah. I don't want to give it the same grade as Batman Begins or the <laughs> yeah. animated series, like, because it's not that good. Yeah. But it's also not as bad as Batman Forever. So it, it doesn't <laughs> deserve the bad. Yeah, no, no, no.
0: It's, it's definitely I have this as a met, And I'll tell you what drags what it drags it down for me. Um, Benjamin McKenzie is the guy who does the voice in of Bruce in Batman in this one. And he uh, was the dude who was on The O.C., and now he's actually playing Commissioner Gordon, Gordon on Gotham, the TV show. And he's not bad as Gotham, but in this, he, to me, the one note I have about Batman Year One, the the uh, animated version that I did not like, um, was... Uh, Benjamin McKenzie was kind of a wimpy sounding Batman and Bruce Wayne and it kind of ruins it for this especially when because Miller or uh, Miller mentioned it earlier especially when Brian Cranston is blowing him off the fucking like blowing him out of the voiceover booth that yeah, I'm a, sure I'm a, yeah. sure they were never in the same voiceover booth at any point well no point of like, those characters meet <laughs> Well, yeah, until like the very, the, until the one line technically, right? But, the light, yeah, the last, yeah. Well, and also when they're shooting this, they never necessarily need to be in the same room because uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas is on record saying he's never actually met James Earl Jones, <laughs> which is, you know, <laughs> weird to say considering they were in some of the greatest Disney scenes of all time, right? Um, but like, yeah, I have this as a man, like the film noir style spotlight and everything, so fucking beautiful, Frank Miller. They they use his pearls again, which is which is great. The uh, Wayne's in this one, they kind of wander into Crime Alley for perceivably no reason. So that that kind of ruins it for me. The guy just opening fire is something. I and feel
1: like they were just there.
0: Yeah, I guess. Yeah. And, it, and it is kind of a bastardized version of Bruce's memory, so I guess I can't really blame them for having them just wander. And the guy just. Well, and, and that's too. what I liked
2: about it is that it clearly was his memory, and certain parts of it were obviously yeah. repressed. Yeah,
0: I'm just I'm 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 giving this a meh. I think Brian McKenzie or Benjamin McKenzie, I just I don't I don't think he should ever like I like him as Commissioner Gordon and Gotham. I think he's actually not terrible, and Gotham's not necessarily the best show out there, and we we'll get to that in a bit, but uh yeah, man. Uh yeah, I, I, so I, I I'm comfortable giving the Batman Year One a an official meh rating, unless anyone wants to talk me up to a good. Anyone? Uh
2: you know what actually you guys have explained a good amount. I
0: gave this a good initially. I think I've ended up giving it a mad plus. All right, all right. So we're we're gonna we're gonna give it a meh with a little 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 plus rating beside it, I guess, if we were to expand our uh our strike well, zone. You off.
1: got a meh, Rob's got a meh minus, we've got meh pluses. I but actually meh. upgraded mine initially,
0: like I I changed mine to a meh minus from a bad after Kevin talked. Yeah.
3: Because, oh, but, totally.
0: because, <laughs> because like but then i was thinking it's like watching it, it was like okay yeah it's not bad yeah. <laughs> it, it is mad but it like i was it, like i had said before like i'd watched the string of goods oh, <laughs> yeah. and then i put this on <laughs> and i didn't take myself you know separate
2: all of them and take it for as this is yeah, I mean, we're the only human. Sense. We can't grade anything objectively ever. But exactly. I mean, you got to <laughs> so, do your best not to let things
0: skew you. Yeah. But then after, like, once I was done talking, I actually fired it up again and put it on. It's like, yeah, okay, like, I can, man, meh minus for me. That's still, that'll stand. So, yeah, if you were to say this is going to be good, That I would have jumped in as, like, let's bring it down to a met plus.
2: (laughs) So, this is a divisive one where you agreed that we were all wrong. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was completely correct. Just met in the middle.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Way to take the neutral stance there, Mike.
2: (laughs) All I know is my hug says maybe. Maybe.
0: (laughs) All right. uh, Next up, yet another Frank Miller version, uh, right after. I guess the success that they had with Batman Year One, the DC Animated Universe, decided to go right into uh, the tough task of taking the Bible of comic books and translating it into a animated series. But uh, by God, they went ahead and did it and pulled it off with uh, Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns. Now, I haven't actually seen this, but you stand behind it pretty hard. I do, and it is so faithful and they changed some stuff too and uh, eventually I'll I'll do an an entire thing on the Dark Knight Returns I think
2: that I'm eventually gonna see this I wanted to wait
0: until after I see Batman Superman to see this well we're probably gonna use it as the lead in to that well I can do that closer to that Um, but yeah so Batman the Dark Knight Returns part 1 came out in 2012 you can find this clip on YouTube all you have to do is type in Bruce Wayne's parents death Dark Knight Returns. Uh, if you want to watch that before we talk about it, do so now. All right, so once again, Frank Miller's, another one of his graphic novels comes to life in back to back appearances on this Good, the Bad, the Math. Um, the Mark of Zorro, once again, it makes, I believe, its last appearance on this list.
1: Uh, yep. uh, that's
0: that's what i got yeah yep uh mike lepo what's your take on the dark Knight returns part
1: one I really like this one it uh i don't know it, it just it felt like a really really nice reborn scene like seeing the mark of zorro again was good uh i like the different take on it like i haven't seen this actual series itself but i i, I know vaguely the plot of the dark Knight returns like this is basically the plot of batman versus superman right
0: yeah essentially like or they right they're gonna be uh, dovetailing off of that for yeah, like like Zack this Knight. comic
1: is kind of where do- like Batman versus Superman kind of comes from. Yeah, right? and Chris yeah. Nolan
0: took a few of his cues from this one. This is where this basically this is when the Dark Knight Returns is when came out in 1986. This is when Frank Miller created the Batman that we all know and love. In this version, Bruce Wayne is um, mid 50s, late 60s, and he's actually retired from being Batman for 10 yeah. years. And then the scene that you watch where he. Remembers his parents' death and is flicking through the TV and hears like, you know, all of this, all you know, crying You know, these people were killed and these people were blown up and these guys did this. That this is the scene where he breaks down and is like, "That's it, I'm coming out of retirement," and you know, hence why it's called The Dark Knight Returns and it is so fucking brilliant. This entire
1: yeah. comic book. Like the the uh, the thing with it, it's okay. So. It like you get these uh you know I'm coming out of retirement scenes and they can be so bad but this one was really nice because it seems like yeah. he's actually just going crazy yes. and and so they th- this is the only time where I'm pretty sure a bat came through the window where I wasn't like uh Like, all the other ones, I was like, good lord, really? And then with this one, I was like, yeah, this actually makes sense, because he's being talked to, he's going crazy. That's
2: stupid. And then,
1: (laughs) and it's like, he goes outside and he pushes over, like, uh, a massive, uh, like, statue, and it's like, no, he's still got it. He's, you know, got, he's just sitting out there, and it's, you know, he's basically driven crazy by the news, interspliced with scenes of his parents getting killed. Um, And it's, I don't know, I, I thought it was good. I liked it.
0: Uh, Rob, call your take on the Dark Knight Returns part one. I will also agree that it was good, which is actually an upgrade from what I had put last night because I was clearly starting oh, to which drift
3: was out. <laughs> 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 wasn't bad.
0: I had it as a map last night, but after the last couple, I've now... <laughs>
1: Rob been has that as, it as a rewatch was just black and snoring in the middle of it. What the hell was that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got bored <laughs> the last five or them. <laughs> That's actually not true. He actually just has uh, the numbers right out, and it's meh, and then dot, 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 over top of all the rest of the numbers as he falls asleep. <laughs> maybe.
0: But uh, but yeah, yeah and even just re-watching this um, at the end of the doing the year one, Uh, Yeah, like he's channel surfing through all this stuff. Um, The Mask of Zorro pops on and then he's immediately flashes back to the the Crime Alley scene of the, the, sorry, the Mark of Zorro. Um, Keeps going through all those deaths. It just keeps reminding uh, him of what had happened and out of retirement, he's coming. I took the statue falling over a little different than Mike did. You took it as, uh, oh, he still got it. I was like, well, "That's a flimsy ass statue." <laughs> he's fucking like sixty years old. He bumps <laughs> into it and falls over. Or no, yeah, he, he's just gonna. No, he keeps himself in shape. That's the one yeah. thing. Uh, that's it uh, is true. Yeah, uh, the the goddamn Batman keeps himself in shape, even when during his ten year hiatus. Um. But the uh, but yeah, I'm gonna say this is a good. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, and I, I like the art style as well. Oh, it's fucking brilliant, Kevin Miller. What do you think?
2: Uh, I gave year one a meh plus, so I'm going to give this one a good minus. Uh, it actually feels very similar where it's more um, Batman dealing with his trauma because he ends up getting like these stimulus-induced hmm. flashbacks. Well, these were written by
0: the same guy, so that's not
2: yeah, it, makes, it makes perfect sense to me yeah. and I understand why like I get it completely but uh, so yeah to to and it's, it's a good twist on doing that flashback because it's not just that I'm sitting here and I'm brooding and I'm remembering the time when and it's not character going hey I'm going to force you to remember the time when it's He's just sitting down watching TV, and then all the stuff that's happening in his city, plus the Mark of Zorro's on TV, plus you know two people shot in alley, plus a kid who will have to be a survivor, and then he keeps getting all these bits of news that are similar enough to his own story that he he's pulled back into it. And uh, I thought it was a very refreshing take on uh, the crime alley scene, where they ultimately didn't really need to show crime alley at all. Like, they they did little flashes of it, and so we didn't actually get a scene of what happened there. We're just assumed to have known, and because of the way that the, and unlike the um, Batman Forever garbage version was, uh, where we're just left to assume and given no clue, this one gives us a lot of context for um, what happened there, even if it's not perfectly clear in those brief little flashbacks, because it's saying on the news, you know, parents shot, shot. I left Alone, Mark of Zorro, like, we, we get the story, whether they want to tell it to us directly or not.
0: Yeah, I, I have this rated as a good, like, everything about this one. Now, there's no way I was going to walk into this and give anything from The Dark Knight Returns anything less than a good. That, so that that's my bias.
2: opinion. <laughs> well, yeah, I've got my like, animated series biases. Yeah. Yeah. But,
0: <laughs> but even, like, like, I really like the fact that this was the first time they didn't make Crime Alley look like a ridiculous death spot. Like it just looks like a regular old walkway that you could kind of walk through. And then the way they had like the shadows backlit with the, with the street light. And then the, the gunman just emerging from the shadows into the thing and the way he just fires and stuff. It was just, it was so brilliantly handled. And then the overhead shot of Bruce next to the bodies, like his parents' bodies. It's so hauntingly beautiful. It's just god everything about this i love this comic it's like it's it's the bible of comics and they somehow did one of the greatest scenes in the bible of comic books justice in in an animated series like it's just ah, so fucking good um yeah so i give this one a good rating so that's good ratings across the board for the dark knight returns i believe
1: yep yeah definitely all right. This one was actually my favorite of the cartoon versions.
0: Think so? Yeah, I think I I like I think of the cartoon ones, it's between uh, this one and the
1: uh, the animated series.
0: Yeah, the animated. Yeah, I think yeah, the for- animated series might edge this one out for me, but there's no question this one is a good contender for it. Now that I am, you know. Clear of mind. <laughs> this yeah, one also gets, the beers that one gets a
1: big bonus for me because it is the first one that I I watched that I hadn't seen like the other stuff around it like I hadn't seen it at all but I actually rewatched it because I was like that was really good yeah. I want to watch that again and I just started it over because I was like that was that was just cool yeah we're <laughs> gonna have really to good. we're gonna have I made
2: to... a series still I just this one out for me but that's my bias showing yeah that so, <laughs> yeah. was well,
0: that's a perfectly valid like like I'm I'm if. If you say you like the the 92 animated series. Yeah, right? exactly. Well, it's not
2: it, really something you can argue with. They're so no. close. Yeah. You know,
1: and actually, the, the fact that I like this better than the animated series um, actually says even something more because, I mean, I watched all the animated series. I fucking loved that show growing up. We're going to have to like, do
0: a it was, it was commentary awesome. track to the Dark Knight Returns.
1: Uh, oh,
2: here I thought you were going to see the whole animated series.
1: No, oh so God, from series. beginning to
2: end.
0: Do we got that kind of time? <laughs> I mean, I'd do it, but like.
2: <laughs> well, we could each pick our favorite episode. Yeah, and absolutely do that because um, I know mine differs from yours, Matt. <laughs> yes.
0: Um. So, next up, we're getting towards the end here. We're getting into the 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 home stretch of this one. Um, the penultimate one comes from the 2013 version the justice league the flashpoint paradox another dc animated universe title Uh, if you want to watch this scene it is on youtube all you have to do is type in flashpoint batman and it'll come up and if you want to do that go ahead and do so now all right so this is the second of the two alternate takes on crime alley um if you want me to go ahead and explain to you, because uh, I know Miller doesn't need this explained, but Pock and Rob, would you like me to explain to you what's going on in this one?
1: I'm pretty sure I, I figured it out. But, I figured it out as well. But you, you can uh, explain You've it to fi- our I've audience. Yeah, I'll explain <laughs> it to <laughs> you. Like, I'm totally fine, but if you yeah. guys need an explanation, then I'll, I'll, I'll wait. <laughs> yeah, explain it to Rob again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get it. No, no, no. I, it's to the it to like, like, <laughs> I totally get your plan, but if you had to explain it to your men, then I understand. The uh... yeah.
0: The uh, Flashpoint uh, Paradox, the Coles Notes version of it is, basically, the Flash goes back in time. He, t- like he, he runs so fast, he, he bends time and it will run back, and he uses that ability to save his mother from dying at the hands of pretty much the same death. The guy breaks into her house and kills her. Um, so he goes back in time and saves it. In doing so, you know creates a paradox fucks up the dc universe so everything that we that we know has shifted slightly so this version is bruce actually dies in the alley that night and thomas and martha wayne both survive and thomas wayne is the guy who becomes this alcoholic kill a uh batman um with this alternate take and this crazy like kind of red suit and whatnot um Kevin Miller, what's your take on the Flashpoint Paradox
2: 2015 version? I gave this one a meh. Uh, I did like the twist because I generally do like when there's a twist, but I think this one was a bit too ham-fist in its delivery. Uh, One of the things I liked about it was that it felt very similar to the – The Justice League man who has everything won because we get the scene, like it opens up with uh, Thomas Wayne beating the shit out of the assailant. (laughs) Um, But uh, I think that the ending of it with uh, Martha revealing herself as the proto-Joker was a bit too much. Yeah. I, felt like was, I felt like it was much the same as the uh, the Brave and the Bold were because, you know, Bruce immediately declares uh, revenge on, you know, a society that caused this to happen.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, where Martha just immediately snaps like that. And I understand that that's a traumatic event and everything like that. But, I mean, that's not how it went in the comics.
0: No, not at all. Like, the, the way it happens in the comics, it, like, and again, Bla- Brian Asleracki. I read this a week ago. <laughs> yeah, the Brian Asleracki handles the Batman version of the Flashpoint Paradox where you don't see Martha become the Joker right away. So in the Flashpoint Paradox anime, they just kind of threw that in there.
2: Yeah. The uh, and I understand that it's an Easter egg. I just didn't much care for it. Yeah.
0: The, the way they do it the, in in this is, it's just kind of like, oh, and this also happens. But in the comic, it makes more sense because you don't find out that Martha becomes the Joker. But like that's the big M. Night Shyamalan.
2: Yeah. That's what I mean. A, twist I said, I prefer that more as a reveal. Yeah. So it was,
0: it was yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> I it thought was, the same. Yeah, it was. It was. It was much better in the comic. This one, they just kind of threw it in there, and I, I kind of liked it, having read uh, the Flashpoint Paradox. But at the same time, if you if you take a step back and look at it, you kind of go, eh, not great. But uh, uh, Rob Cawflesh, what was your take on the Flashpoint Paradox? I gave it a good minus, but I will allow arguments for a Matt plus. <laughs> um, It's because it started, yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Because it started out um, when I watched this, I had no idea what any of this was. Um, So, like, I didn't know that it was Bruce that got shot and that Thomas Wayne was Batman and all of that until, you know, I watched it and kind of figured it all out. But it starts off with uh, Thomas Wayne wailing on the assailant, and I'm like, oh, it's going to be like the other one. In where, like a, Bruce stop, figures it stop. out. stop, he's already <laughs> dead. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. too, right? yeah. And then it's like, oh, something's going to happen, and then it's going to end up he gets, he ends up getting shot and, and whatever. But then when he looks back, it's like, oh, Bruce is the one that got shot. Oh, okay, so there's a bit of a twist going on. So I, I did enjoy that. Um, I do think Uh, Martha Wayne becoming the Joker was a little forced in the way that it was shown. Yeah. Even though I do love the Joker, and I thought it was nice to see, but it did seem kind of forced, so that's why it's getting the minus. But otherwise, I'm giving it a good minus, because I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Mike Leapock, your take on the Flashpoint Paradox?
1: Uh, I thought it was pretty close to being good, but really, I uh, agree with pretty much everything miller said um that it's like ham-fisted was exactly the the thing i thought uh i think it it suffered so much from the fantasy trope of alternate universe look how cute we can be Yeah.
2: yeah or it's just like god no sick. that's like, a good point
1: like the 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 fact that like oh Do you his get it? He, bruce bruce died and his mom became the joker i was like good lord no
2: like the joker <laughs> yeah. would still be
1: the joker so now what you have two jokers it was way better in the comics the way they like, well the even way they that, like, it doesn't make Martha. any sense like yeah. it, it's almost an insult to the joker that that's that's all it takes like the joker is so fucking crazy yeah. you have to think there's there's something really special there something more special than your son died, and then your husband was super heroic and killed the guy who did it. Like, it, uh, and the, And then you just turned into the Joker immediately, like, right away. Yeah, so every mother who's See? ever
2: lost a child is a violent accident. <laughs> yeah, this this is now <laughs> the Joker. I love the turns, Joker, but because
0: this was an alternate universe, I basically wiped the slate clean, and it's like, whatever you do, it's like, all right, there's the starting point.
1: I just ignore everything else that had existed. Yeah. At, at first, at first I was like, I really like this. Like I was almost into like good territory with the whole thing because I was like it's a, it's a cool thing, like an alternate universe where Bruce gets shot and then his dad becomes crazy and yeah. he becomes some stupid you know crazy Batman. And when he mentioned that he's the Unabomber. and I was like, okay, so you know that that whatever. like he's a crazy person. And then his mom became the joker and I'm like, nope,. Eh. Yeah. Well, so, and the
2: thing I liked about the uh, the Flashpoint paradox, having just read the comic like a week ago, the thing I liked is that there were a lot of situations where they were willing to be like, okay, so because this paradox happened, this guy just didn't exist, yeah. and they were fine doing that. Like it was, it wasn't just like, okay, well, you know. We've rebooted the universe or whatever for this particular alternate universe, and so now we need to, hey, let's have a crazy new Joker. Let's have a crazy new this Batman. Let's have a yeah. crazy new Aquaman. Like, they've got everything different now, right? Yeah, so yeah. I like that they were able to, in some cases, like they did with Hal Jordan, where he was just a pilot because Abin Sur was the Green Lantern still. Yeah. Like, they just was like, yeah, nothing ever really happened with him. <laughs>
1: I've never liked that fantasy trope, though, where it's like one tiny thing changes, then everything has to change.
2: Well, and, and in it, a down lot of them. cases, it makes sense. It's just that they can't possibly connect all that. Like, why would why would the Crime Alley incident be any different when it happened at roughly the same time that yeah, you're not exactly. down with the Flash's effect? And then his mom becomes Joker. Like, yeah. I, I it's just weird. But yeah, so I, I'm
1: going to put it in a map because I did actually, I liked the scene overall. Uh, I liked the idea of bruce being the one who killed it gets killed and it's a, a completely different thing happens but you know his mom becoming the joker and the ham-fistedness of it all just puts it out of math for me
0: yeah i couldn't
1: agree but it's with definitely that. not
0: bad i will say this though the flashpoint paradox is an incredibly fun comic and that movie is actually fun and i will say that is the only scene with the martha wayne joker like she's not like the baddie for that animated movie if that would be what uh makes it better. <laughs> yeah, what what steers away. Cause basically what happens is Aquaman in this one, because uh, in, in the actual uh continuity, you know, Aquaman tries to always tries to broker a peace with the land dwellers. In this one he's He's a dick to everyone? Yeah, he's a, he's a dictator <laughs> and it's like, fuck it, we're going to war with the uh with Earth. So Aquaman has like, you know, flooded a good part of, <laughs> of <laughs> Earth. And uh <laughs> The Amazons don't come in peace either. So uh, Wonder Woman and the Amazons have taken over all of Europe <laughs> and declared a <laughs> new Themyscira, and are like at war with the Atlanteans and the human. And it's just everything humanity about humanity's
2: just it. stuck in the middle. Yeah,
0: humanity's just stuck in the middle, and it's just so awesome. And Flash is like, Jesus, <laughs> you know, like this is all my fault.
1: <laughs> Maybe I should have
0: let my mom die. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think what would have made that Flashpoint paradox scene a lot better is if Bruce and the mother were killed.
0: Yeah, it might have. Yeah, and the
1: dad's the one. I shabans. agree. There.
0: it worked a lot better in the comics, though. I'll say, like when when as as Arello does the uh, uh, the the Batman storyline, and and the twist at the end is that Martha became the Joker. That is because when you read that first, not knowing that she's the Joker, like I did, which obviously you guys can't do now, unfortunately, haven't seen this. <laughs> but um, yes. when you do it like that, it's it, like the reveal is like, oh, <laughs> like you're like, oh, that's good. And then you kind of get it, and you don't get the scene that we got in this one where she just kind of, like, has the blood, like, Bruce's blood just shapes into a Joker smile, and she just yeah. starts laughing crazy. Although that was pretty
2: cool that was shot. Honestly,
0: that was, that's, that's when I realized, oh, she's the Joker. I think yeah. I remember Matt telling me about this before. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but, like, the overhead shot of them underneath the spotlight holding Bruce, and then her just laughing, and Thomas Wayne walking over, and like, holding the body of his dead son, that was fucking that was good that was well played um yeah so i, I think we're giving this one a math yep. across the board yeah. and Straight up math. that brings us to the final iteration of the crime alley scene and
2: what that, a note to go out on
0: yeah what a what a, <laughs> what a note to go out on uh back in november 2014 fox launched a new television program called gotham uh, if you want to watch this scene, it's available on YouTube. You just type in Gotham Birth of the Batman. Uh, if you want to do that, go ahead and do so now. All right, welcome back. Uh, this scene is fucking terrible.
1: Uh- <laughs> <laughs> oh, right out the gate. Yeah, yeah I, I was going to pull the whole like, you yeah. know, or, or, you can, or you can not watch it. But yeah, I, no, no, already made it's, that joke. It's bad.
0: <laughs> uh, let's, let's start with the. Uh, uh, Kevin, I don't think you've started off in a while, so why don't you go ahead and let us know what you think of Gotham's take on the Crime Alley
2: scene. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the one thing I will say for it is, unlike uh, Batman Forever, or, or yeah, Batman Forever, you know what is happening. Yes, um, but you almost wish he didn't.
0: And um, It
2: feels like the producers slash directors of this show saw Batman Begins and say, "Yeah, us too," and they tried to do the same sort of thing, except for everyone speaking like a millennial, and the shooter just kills them for no reason—straight up no reason. I will, baby Catwoman is there, just going like, "Whoa, shit's fucked up."
0: (laughs) Yeah, I will say that is terrible that the guy just fires, but they do. I will take Gotham off off the hook for that one. Because they have built that into the show. Okay. The way they built it into the show is apparently Bruce's, like, board of directors were looking for a way to get rid of him. Because, you know, Bruce or Thomas uh, Wayne. So that wasn't, a, or, that wasn't a
2: mugging, that was just a straight-up assassination. Yeah,
0: it was a straight-up assassination in this version as opposed to a mugging that went wrong. Or at least that's what we're being led to believe on this Gotham show because we haven't... Uh, had it fully
2: stay tuned for season two
0: yeah we haven't had it fully revealed yet because i I will let them off the hook for the guy just for no reason just gunning them down because the way the show is going they're leading you to believe that thomas is a philanthropist who's trying to clean up wayne enterprises and the city of gotham whereas the rest of the board of directors are all corrupt one percenters who are like hey this guy's gonna fuck up our money We, we don't want him fucking up our money we want more money and then uh they hire some guy presumably joe chill to just gun him down in the street
2: well with that context i almost gave it a bad plus but i'm still gonna just
0: sit at bad (laughs) yeah um rob what's your take on or on gotham uh i'll give it um a bad plus or minus but based on everything i've heard i'm pretty (laughs) sure bad plus or bad is well in order um, yeah, not knowing the context of the, the board basically setting up a hit, assuming it, I, cause I'd never watched the show. I assumed it was just your standard mugging. Yeah. Um, he just shoots for no reason whatsoever. It makes no sense. Um, again, there were pearls dropping now that I realized where it was coming from. It's not a bad thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But when it started, I was like, "Who the fuck is this girl with the goggles?" Is like, and yeah, I thought for a second, Celina like, Kyle. "Oh, it's Selena Kyle, Catwoman." Yeah. After, especially who after I looked it be? up, who actually <laughs> kind of looks like. After, after playing like, magic, it. I was like, uh, "Why is Chandra in this?" <laughs>
2: At exactly. least Michael get that one. Yeah, I got that one actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's just deep enough a cut for me to get. Yeah. <laughs> but um,
0: other than that, the only thing that uh, this. Uh, this version did that none of the others have is bruce actually screams at the end that is the good well, one good part of it i think i feel like which kids... is which is where i'm giving it the bad plus yeah or Nailed, that's what great. puts it up to the mat but it's a meh minus i actually didn't like that no you didn't why not uh, um
2: i don't know it didn't feel right to me maybe because this is the only time i've ever seen it but it just felt like an afterthought i don't know well it
0: didn't uh the thing that like i think it was kind of cool because i thought he nailed the the gravitas of the scream but it also was kind of dumb that he wasn't looking at his parents and screaming he was looking into the camera yeah it was was kind of a uh, fall to your
2: knees and scream to the heavens sort of yeah
0: and then yeah as they were driving darth
1: vader was an eight-year-old boy yeah no (laughs) (laughs) you're Uh,
0: you're in the wrong uh do it (laughs) Uh, Mike Leapock, your take on Gotham.
1: Yeah, okay. So I had a nice shriek from Bruce. So that yeah. was like a good so we're all the giving, sound. We're all, the sound was us, good. Most but... of us are giving
0: the kid props for the yeah. scream. Yeah, he was yeah. in the
1: right octave. It yeah. was the, 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 beta, the kid so. did a good job at shrieking, <laughs> but yeah. the director did a bad job of, of telling him what, what to do. Yeah. Um, because it was, it was really um, stereotypical. I had no idea why that chick from Rainbow Six was there, but it was uh, overall kind of awkward um and yeah it was overall i was just like no this is this is bad like at this point if you're doing a crime alley scene like in 2014 You've gotta you have got to come with it you got to do something Yeah, and they just did nothing like yeah. nothing special no, other than last, like, oh, let's have let's have Bruce scream at the end in the most stereotypical way manner like uh, so it was i don't know i'd say it was bad yeah. but maybe, maybe maybe bad plus but just to make it slightly higher than batman forever but yeah (laughs) yeah but no
0: this is this is definitely a bad um probably the most unrealistic of all of them too because this version of gotham is supposed to supposed to take place as if it's 2014 and like 2014 there is absolutely no way a rich billionaire and his wife and kid would be taking a stroll through Crime Alley. At the very least, they'd take an Uber car somewhere. It right? It seemed
2: very By jovial. like it wasn't raining. It seemed like it was
1: late afternoon. Like there's yeah. no
2: reason to do. It. And they were talking. It about... wasn't even though we'll take a shortcut because yeah, it just seemed were... like they wanted to be there. Exactly. It also
1: still seemed like it was decently lit. Like it didn't even look like that bad of an alley. They're just kind of like walking around, and it's like it's yeah. like they wanted to film it in an alleyway, but they couldn't fit their filming truck in an alleyway, so they had to put it <laughs> in the middle of a street and then pretend it, it was an alleyway. Like,
2: i mean i'd have to go back and watch it again but was it even night it was <laughs> it was, but
1: it was like, definitely night but there were a lot of lights but around it was like under okay. the
0: dome set night right uh, like uh, not really uh, not really <laughs> night night
2: so it's kind of getting a twilight vibe from yeah. it like they just got out of dinner <laughs> or something like
0: it was clear that they shot that on a, that scene on a set i think which is weird because they do yeah. shoot some of the gotham scenes in real like outdoors and stuff yeah uh, um i didn't realize that the show was actually meant to take place in like 2014 2015 well it is because uh, everyone the gotham police and everybody has cell phones in that like i said i hadn't watched the show so i could not i'm just saying that's why it's 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 them being like okay we're doing batman but what if everything happened now in
3: 2014
0: right so bruce has like access to the internet to do his detective work and you know everyone the cops and everybody have cell phones and and the, you know there's guns and the cars and but everybody still kind of they still kind of dresses they do that nice blending of dressing like you know cops from the 1920s yeah. as well as keeping like the, so it's, those, it's
2: very much like the animated series that feels like the fun. 40s but you know futuristic metropolis is just down the street <laughs> yeah
0: yeah yeah which makes sense because like if you did like tim burton's like ni- like tim burton uh, based his 1989 batman in the same way where Everybody looked like they were in the, you know, dressed like the forties or the fifties. Cause like Tim Burton had like, think about the teenage mutant Ninja turtles. Like if you go back and watch teenage mutant Ninja turtles, I think came out in the same year in 1989, like watch Batman and then watch teenage mutant Ninja turtles, the way everybody dresses in the teenage mutant Ninja turtles makes that movie seem so goddamn ancient. Because, like, all the kids are wearing, like, mohawks and acid wash jeans and shit like that, so <laughs> yeah. that mo- it makes that movie feel so dated, whereas if you watch Tim Burton's Batman, you're like, I mean, yeah, it's, like, 1989 slow, but, like, you don't look at the characters and be like, man, this feels, like, fucking, you know, like, just so out of date, right? Like it does with the, the like it would with the, the Ninja Turtles. Watch right. It just
2: again. It's a good movie. <laughs>
0: Ah. Commentary, it.
2: Comment, yeah, I would
0: absolutely commentary. <laughs> yeah, I definitely would. Days Meet Ninja Turtles. Maybe that's the one we do on on Saturday night. Boom. Um, <laughs> so, so final tally, we got five goods, five meh and two bad over the course of thirty years of crime alley scenes. That's, <laughs> that's a pretty good track
2: record. record. That's, that's a good not ratio. Bad
0: at all. <laughs> yeah, that's a good ratio. Thirty years. He only got two bads, and one of them was like Joel Schumacher just shooting two frames. And it felt
2: like that scene got cut. Yeah. Well, like 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 I said, it
1: it felt like it wasn't shot by him or anyone competent. It was it was shot by his moody teenager niece.
2: Yeah, it's like they did like like a four seconds of shooting and then pulled the rest out of like the middle of um, Madonna's like a prayer video.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So that's. You know, brings a close to the second episode second episode of The Good, the Bad, and the Mad, the Crime Alley version. As we, we took our own little stroll through Crime Alley and uh, we, we didn't end up getting shot. So uh, there's still the time. Still it's not us. done. <laughs> yeah, still time. We still can get
3: shot before the end of this. Um, <laughs> hey, pal, still still gun stick
0: <laughs> So uh, before we go over, we might have mentioned it, but I'm going to give everybody a chance to go and, and give uh, what they think is their favorite one. Uh, let's start with Mike Leapock. What's, what's your favorite take uh, on
1: oh my favorite my favorite has got to be batman begins okay um overall like it's just it's it's the most realistic and not only of the realistic ones but overall just the way that people act and the way that it's shot the reason that they're there um but it's also got a like a ton of depth it really is the most traumatizing i think for bruce because it's his fault like just straight up his fault um that they're there and it's you know and his dad like his dad does nothing wrong like try to fight a guy with a gun um so it's you know he can't ever you know blame him on that at all and it's just uh it's just really really good and it's got the whole depth of the the actual like the the opera that they're watching so it's got that extra layer uh yeah that, that overall is my favorite one but my my favorite of the cartoon, and possibly my sec, second favorite one, is actually The Dark Knight Returns, just because it's, I don't know, it's cool.
2: Nice. <laughs> I just really liked it.
1: Love it. Uh,
0: Kevin Miller, what's your favorite uh, iteration of Crime Alley?
2: Uh, I really like the Scarecrow scene from Arkham Asylum. That's my number one, and I couldn't argue with anyone who says that Batman Begins is their number one, because they're both like you know, depending on what I ate that morning, I could choose one over the other. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, I do love any time that the scarecrow causes Batman to relive one of these moments. Um, I like that uh, it doesn't have to be realistic and, you know, you can walk down an infinitely long hallway. I love that as a player who've played this game for, I think, already probably about six hours at this point, like you're invested and you feel like you are Batman. And so to be put in this scene. It makes it so much more personal for you, um, and uh, yeah, it it just looks great visually, and the fact that you have to live through it and slog through it, and and get some decent dialogue at the end, uh, and get to play as Kid Bruce in this game, it's a uh, it's a it's a treat.
0: Rob Callflesh, what's your number one Crime Alley scene? I'm gonna have to give it to Batman Begins as well. Um, the Ark uh, Arkham Asylum is. Just got edged out because of how stupid Thomas Wayne is. <laughs> yeah, it, it, in Arkham Asylum, like that brings it down a point. Um, so Batman Begins gets it, but the animated series and then um, The Dark Knight Returns mm. are still very close. Like the four of them are right up there. It's they're all really close to me. Yeah, I think my my top three are. Uh... I've got Batman Begins as my number one, and then my top three are uh, Batman Begins, uh, Arkham Asylum, and then the Dreams in Darkness episode. Alright, so that's the, I think that's a good uh, spot to end it. Uh, I guess uh, Batman Begins wins out, so congratulations to Chris Nolan. You, sir, have the best version of Crime Alley uh, with... Uh, bruce tim and the boys kind of bringing up the rear with uh, three or four of the next uh, next five best ones yeah uh, if, it,
2: if it's the gold medal then you want if it's a number of medals
0: yeah exactly they're they're the bruce tim and and, and crew have they're the uh, michael phelps of crime alley
1: well, If yeah. he wants number of medals he's gonna have to refilm that scene four or five more times yeah
0: um so that's also true uh so yeah, I think that's a good uh, time to go out on it. Hopefully when we come back next week, I'll have seen Fantastic Four and we can uh, I guess rip on that for a while based on
1: based <laughs> Although on really, everything. really best case scenario is you don't see it.
2: I was going to say, <laughs> and I don't know that I can really talk about that one for an hour, honestly. Yeah, you could
1: not see it and still do a review. <laughs> <laughs>
0: God, i don't know uh still sort of dumbfounded i'll do it and we will get back to sports stuff because in a couple of weeks we're gonna have craig come on we're gonna do our uh nfl over under podcast and when the nfl season starts we're gonna have a weekly footballs picks pod so uh the people who love the sports uh don't don't go away i realize we haven't done it in a while but you know we're kind I'll of
2: finally in, get to take a
0: break <laughs> yeah we're, we're kind of in the slow year because uh, uh like just baseball's going and we i mean unfortunately we weren't able to do a trade deadline podcast which is insane because we're never going to have a trade deadline that good probably in my lifetime (laughs) so where the jays make tons of trades and trade for a couple of superstars um so it's a shame we weren't able to do that but uh yeah we're gonna get everybody back and it's gonna be tons of nfl stuff and then we'll get to the nba and the nhl will be back soon we'll do that so uh guys thanks for coming out and uh Helping me take a stroll through Crime Alley, and uh, once again we we didn't get shot. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks for coming out, you guys. Absolutely, thank
3: you. Hey, oh, <laughs> Where's the other drugs? <laughs> All
0: right, uh, take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. Swear to me.
3: Swear. To me. Where's the trigger? I'm not wearing hockey pants. <laughs>